Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello and welcome to the Simon's Cake Games podcast. This is episode 43. My name is Joe and I am joined by my lovely co-host Camille. Hello. Hey. And today our guest is Justin. How's it going, Justin? Hey guys, thanks for having me. As always, a pleasure. Yes, if you'll remember, he was on our um, Legend of Zelda Triforce Heroes podcast. If you are. <laughs> oh yes. Yes, that that deep cut. The deep <laughs> Simon's cake cut. If you know that, man, y'all go way back. Oh yeah. yeah. That was a good time. Uh, oh god, terrific times. The game we're talking about today happens to be Final Fantasy fifteen. A brief uh, history of this game, because as you know, this game had a very troubled uh, development cycle. It was announced at, I think, E3 2006 yeah. as Final Fantasy Versus 13. That's right, right? Yep. 2006. Yep. Okay. Oh, geez. Uh, it, it was written on a scroll, a stone tablet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> announced right after yeah, fire was invented. Oh, geez. Yeah, that way, way, way back when. So long. Um, so after that, it kind of went underground for several years. I mean, there was several like ten years. Yeah, it was absent from E3 for like oh god, like maybe six or seven years until it finally emerged as um as Final Fantasy 15. And there had been there had been sort of promotional materials kind of leaked here and there about like Noctis, that stuff that didn't end up being used, like characters that would just end up being cut altogether. I think I can think of two off the top of my head i don't know the names of them that that were that were cut but anyway yeah oh, so yeah because yeah. yeah exactly i know I forget, I forget the characters that were cut i know they changed luna around luna was changed from stella to luna oh, yeah, and then stella. there was another guy that was just completely dropped all together <laughs> yep um but it, it re-emerged uh, e3 2013 as final fantasy 15 and then three years later we got what we got but I think in March of 2016, they had this like uncovered event. Yeah, it was like uh, Final Fantasy uncovered. Like uh, Square Enix really went kind of overboard with the the promotional. Uh, yeah, it was surprising. I think it was like something like 30 to 35 different trailers. Like official trailers were released by Square Enix showing off different aspects of the game. Some of which were completely unnecessary and very spoilery. Right. And f- in fact, I remember seeing the ending was le- or legit scenes from the ending in some of the trailers. Mm. Um, I mean, out of context, obviously, but sure, sure. But yeah, completely, completely unnecessary. But during this event, they uh, they announced that the game would come out November or September thirtieth. That was the the hard date they were shooting for. They had this big fanfare. They they announced you know the Kingsglaive movie and the Brotherhood anime and and uh, the the Platinum demo, all that. And then um, and then they ended up delaying it till November 29th. and that's the actual release date that they they hit. Yeah, and their reasoning for that was that the game's director Tabata wanted to make sure all the information was on the disc to start so that people without internet connections could just play the game and enjoy it but they didn't want to have basically a big day one patch sure um and then they released it and they had a big day one patch anyway so of course it did yeah <laughs> that's just the nature of games it's a game that comes that takes 10 years to make <laughs> yeah um uh, i mean yeah 
I can applaud them for kind of trying at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they gave it the good old college try. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, in the end, I mean, it, it, it's just not a good look, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely but not. I suppose it was inevitable. So, so yeah. So continuing on with this, so it was released on November twenty ninth, uh, twenty sixteen. Developed and published by Square Square Enix for the Xbox One and PlayStation Four consoles. There's no PC news as of yet. But I've heard speculation that either this year or next year, they're kind of trying to hope to put all the DLC in like one package and release it on PC and like re-release it again. That's interesting. Uh, nothing confirmed, but that's what people kind of think would happen. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. The music was composed by Yoko Shimomura. Yoko Shimomura-san. I am a huge fan. So Which, really yeah, people, which people may know from the Kingdom Hearts. Oh, Okay. Yeah, so that that's I was like I think I know that name. Yeah, that was yeah. Like my first exposure probably as far as like learning it as like a well, in my own house household name, you know what I mean? Like I think that was probably my first big exposure to Yoko was for the Kingdom Hearts series. Mm-hmm. Nice. Let's see. So we played it both on Xbox 1 Camille and I. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Justin, you played it on Yeah, I played on PS4 Pro. Good, the, the the purest form, people would say. Mm-hmm. The pu- yeah, yeah, the purest form. Yeah, I'll have my thoughts on that though once we get to okay. the graphics section. Yeah, I didn't. I, I wasn't aware you played it on uh, on a pro. I, I forgot that, so I have to fill yeah, us in I on kinda, uh, I, the I differences. Just spent all my monies last winter and got a new TV and a PS4 Pro it was a bad idea. But no, 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 it was actually <laughs> worth it. It's actually a pretty awesome system. I do enjoy it, especially when you. But you have to have like the the actual you know display to really take you, advantage of it so yeah you, yeah you have the 4k tv to do that i have a yeah I, I bought a new samsung with hdr 10 all that goodness so it's excellent yeah it's 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 yeah so i'll be able to yeah provide my thoughts on this <laughs> when we get to the graphics you know that's nice. a little tease for you but <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it was pretty interesting right, very cool very cool i wanted to um to kind of just give everyone a brief uh really brief history or our history with the series because i know uh justin and i are longtime veterans but camille is kind of the newcomer of the group to kind of give us that uh well-rounded perspective i guess sure yeah so i've been playing since uh final fantasy 7 was my jumping on point mm-hmm. uh, i think i played that when i was nine or ten it ended up turning into long story short my favorite game of all time basically <laughs> for sure yeah i mean i can admit it's not the objectively the best one in the series but it's my personal favorite mm-hmm. so yeah so that that was my uh jumping on i've played them all i've beat them all 11 or 11 uh one through 15 i guess all the numbered ones wow. and uh i guess you can say i finished the mmos like i finished the main campaign uh-huh. so i don't know if i can include those i guess but all the numbered ones i have uh sure. completed start to finish and i know you you've uh you have a pretty big history with it mm. as well Pretty yeah, time. I would say it fairly mimicked yours pretty closely. Yeah, I I was my first experience with the Final Fantasy was like probably a lot of kids in America was Final Fantasy seven. Um, mm-hmm. I was what was that like 1990? I think it was the year it came out or even the, or the year after was when I owned it. Um, and yeah, that got me on this, you know, I hadn't really played many turn based art JRPGs. It was probably like my first real realization that i was like i like jrpgs a lot because i had played um a bit of uh, i played super mario rpg it was like the first super nintendo oh yeah first was the first turn-based rpg i ever played i never really got on final fantasy very early in my gaming career i was mainly on the marios and the sonics um but yeah final fantasy 7 just completely 
changed everything I thought about like gameplay of I mean just everything I thought about like RPGs and gameplay and I I felt hook line and sinker for it. I would not I don't think I've gone I've 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 more so I could say I've played every single three D Final Fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um I haven't really have I've and I've almost like I've played through six a, like a few times, but I haven't really beaten it beaten it. I've just played on like emulators. Um okay. but then I also have um you know played some of the remasters. But again, the only ones I've beaten are like the three D ones and I just you know always enjoyed it. My favorite one is seven and my yep. second and I think and I think that's my favorite one. And I think the best game objectively for me is actually Final Fantasy twelve. I love twelve oh, with a oh. passion. And wise man. Passion. Um, oh, I'm with and you, buddy. I'm so exa- excited for Zodiac Age coming out in the summer. So, uh, yeah. So that's kind of like my background. And then, of course, the music, when we Matsu and all that stuff. I mean, it, it, yeah. it just, it, it's one of the pillars of my gaming identity <laughs> is Final Fantasy. Without oh, for sure. S- same here, same here. And I love that shout out uh, to 12. The love yeah. uh, love for 12 got much, much, much love for 12. Oh, I hear so it's a very, de- very divisive game. Very so divisive, the- but oh, so good. <laughs> Yeah, I'm happy to hear you say that because I'm in that camp as well. Yeah, man. And Camille here, she uh, this is the first game she is, first Final Fantasy game she's completed, actually. So Yeah, Congrats. like a That's solo awesome. experience. Yeah. yeah. So as, as the opening title of this 15 goes, it's for new and old fans, or old and new, however they phrase it. So this is my first actual start-to-finish Final Fantasy game that I... I played and beat, and um, I mean, I've watched other people play 10 and 8, and I was going to play 7, but I decided I'm going to wait for this supposed remaster or remake or whenever that decides to come out. I think around 2021 or so. Yeah, right? As of now, this is my, yeah, my very first completed version of Final Fantasy, at least in my gaming, my gaming history. It was definitely... Definitely something. All right, yeah, I'll be asking uh, for your opinion on certain kind of Final Fantasy uh, staples okay. that kind of you know don't hold that much nostalgia for you as we yeah. as we go on. Right, right. Okay, and um, all right. Well, moving on, I just kind of want to give a brief uh, synopsis of of the game as spoiler free as we can, just kind of like you know the basic setup of what's going on here. Yeah. Okay, so what what's going on here is basically you have you have Noctis, who is the uh, the prince. The prince of this uh, royal line that's been uh, around for thousands of years, who is basically on a road trip with his bros. If you've seen any of the promotional material, <laughs> uh, to go get married to solidify this peace treaty between these two kind of nations who have been in conflict for a long time. So that I mean that's the basic setup without getting too too spoilery. It's basically you're on a road trip with your bros to to meet your um, betrothed. I guess we're gonna get into the gameplay and mechanics. I want to talk about uh, first off the biggest thing that you, at longtime fans, will probably notice is the open world format of the game, which is something that Square Enix has sort of dabbled in in the past with Twelve. Um, yeah, I mean Twelve is very very open. Dabbled, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and Thirteen becomes open maybe like a, a really long ways into the game, maybe thirty hours or so. But this was the first open world game to start with. Uh, that they, they they started from the beginning and see the thing about the thing about these games is a lot of games are doing open world series before or open a lot of series are doing open world games right and I, I I'm thinking there's sort of like this open world fatigue with gamers because it's just it's nonstop nonstop Ubisoft is releasing all these open world games year after year after year we have Final Fantasy doing it now you've had The Witcher which probably is the best example 
of, of of from what I've heard, I haven't played played Witcher, but you're having all these open world games. And now we have Square Enix going, okay, we're gonna make our game open world now. I wanted to just see if there's like, are you feeling any of this open world fatigue? Do you think Square is just following a trend of open world games here? Well, I think it's, I think there is definitely a problem with open world gaming when it becomes like those checklists. The checklist gaming is, I think, I I I think I was never, I didn't have a problem with open world gameplay until i played dragon age inquisition um that was the first time i really noticed wow this is just a map and random things to run over to and press x and complete it's like this is not gameplay there's no story there's nothing about this that's fun then i played witcher 3 and that reminded me wait you can do open world and still have good side quests and good gameplay so I think, and then with a game like Horizon Zero Dawn coming out next, which is like a hugely, hugely hyped game for me, I cannot wait to play. Um, I think whatever you're reading is that it can get a slightly repetitive, but still, still has some good, meaningful side quests. So I think I'm not fatigued in open in open world gameplay in the sense that I'm not like already dismissing it or angry about it or like I don't want to play it. But I am definitely aware of the whole, well, let's make it open world. Let's give them all these side quests to do, which just amount to, you know, finding these random things underneath a building that you wouldn't be able to find without a guide of some sort, you know. Right, like right. The the Batman games, they also were victims of this, I felt like, to, uh, because I just, like, again. So I think if you have meaningful side quests, meaningful story elements that add to the experience instead of just go here, collect here, turn in there, then it's fine. I actually really love I love open world gaming and I don't I don't think I'm fatigued, but I'm definitely more I guess I'm more aware of fatigue. Like I'm I'm aware of it and I can understand how somebody would be fatigued by it. But I do love freedom in games and I do love an open gaming um I open I do love an open game landscape, so definitely keep them coming. Just let's let's try to do them as best as we can, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's it's a matter of kind of bringing them to life. Like if you're just gonna have this open sandbox with nothing to do. Yeah then it's going to get fatiguing real fast because it's like, oh, here's just another game who's just, like you said, giving us that checklist of things to do. It's not meaningful in any way. Yeah. Like that's when, the, that's when I feel the fatigue can set in really quick. And I was just wondering if you feel like this game was doing that because if it had, do you, th- do you feel it had good good side quests right. to, to, to do? Um, That's a good question. I feel like initially, I, I kind of fell into the trap that I always do with open world games. I got lot like chapter i don't know when it is chapter three or four when it kind of just completely opens up and you can do as many like a ton of hunts yeah. and a ton of things when i hit that i was stuck for hours man like i think i told camille that i i rushed through chapters eight through 14 i was already like well beyond the ability to be yep. in the game and you know i i i did i enjoyed the hunts but then after a while i'm just like yeah these you know, this frog quest where I got to run over to a certain, you know, yeah. and just find a stupid red frog. This is not fun. And then I'm like, this hunt is cool, but this is basically just the same enemies I fight just with more HP. You know, right. there's, no, there's no element of like, is this adding to any of the characters? Is this adding, you know, and I think this game definitely could have, you know, done with some some checking on what they were including, you know, maybe, maybe not make these side quest chests or side quest chains so long. It wasn't like they were terrible, but boy, it was like, 
And the one like with like I'm trying to think of the side quest that where you had the dude to ask you to take photos everywhere, which gave you uh, the cash. But that was yeah. just me <laughs> by that time fast traveling to every single thing. Then you had, like I said, the girl with the toads and you're just driving and you're just doing a pixel hunt for a red gleam of light on the ground that you yep. can barely see. And, and and you know, it I think it did have some elements of like the modern open world fatigue system in that they say you run to this part of the map and here's a circle and just find it within this circle. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that's just lazy. Like, and so many games do that too. A lot right? of MMOs do that nowadays. A ton of MMOs do that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I was, I think I was literally playing a quest in Final Fantasy 14 and then played Final Fantasy 15. I was like, this is, this is, I was just doing this a minute yep. ago. What, what has happened? So, yeah, I think that they definitely has felt a bit, they, they, they kind of did definitely take on some of what mod, like some of the problems in more recent open world gaming trends. Um, but again, I did enjoy, and we'll probably talk about this more, but I've, I did feel like the combat and the interactions with the crew is what kept me going through it, even doing the yeah. mundane tasks. Because I did really enjoy the characters and the world that they built. So, you know, that was my I, uh Are you fatigued of all the open world games yet? Have you played enough, Camille, to, to really be sick of it yet? I mean, I don't, I don't feel like I play that many open world games just in the first place but I I definitely am in the same boat with Justin where I am very aware of people and just communities and whoever saying you know there's so there's so many open world games I see it and I totally agree I just haven't hit that point where it'll prevent me from picking up a game unless um Mm -hmm. it's just kind of like mindless bullshit you know yeah um, I mean, I feel like I kind of fell prey to that recently, but it was a re- remake or a remaster. It was Skyrim. And I was like, yeah, we'll jump back into the world and start all over again. And, uh, and when I started, I'm like, no, I'm not doing this. But it was for totally different reasons um, than it was just being an open world game. I guess it's like I've already been there, already done that. So. Well, it was the glitches, too. Yeah. Well, it was a lot of things. But um, the the joy of open world is a lot of discovery for me. So that mm-hmm. kind of feeling isn't there when i'm playing a game i've already you know spent many hours in but with final fantasy i didn't feel it was as tiring as it could have been i mean i definitely hit a wall as well where i'm playing doing these hunts and i'm getting lost in the world and then i'm like fuck i didn't do anything in this game you know i wanted to level this up or do that or get weapons for that and i just get caught doing hunts or um i mean like like justin was saying it can be kind of uh, redundant but it's just a matter of pace yourself in that sense, you know. Don't do like 20, 20 hunts and then expect it to be fun after twenty. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. You gotta uh, mix things up every once yeah, in a while. Yeah, so some variety in there for sure. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely see the, the fatigue, but it hasn't really hit me too much since I don't typically p- play too many open world games in general. So, um, um, I guess in that sense, it's like, well, it's it's not too much of what's on my mind for games you yeah know? it just seems like a lot of series that haven't been doing open world are kind of jumping on the bandwagon whether or not i mean they do them well is a different question because i mean metal gear solid was a series that didn't do open world and just jumped on and pretty much nailed it in my opinion um and then you have um yeah final fantasy oh god jumps on and i mean i think there's a good um uh foundation here if they for for the future which i mean if they were if they wanted to just tweak some things about this game they could make it fantastic yeah and as far as like the open world format goes because i mean the, the ui is just a, a, a tragedy <laughs> in, in my opinion like it, oh, it could be be so so much better if they just took the time and that's kind of like the big big story here i think is this game as much time as they had it still could have used a lot more time 
yeah to, to bake in that oven um but anyways i guess one of the things a square did do right is the load the loading the mm. way they handled it i guess because i mean all the the, the load times are kind of front loaded so like you load up the game you go you grab a drink you do whatever you got to do grab some food or whatever and then you come back and the game's open and ready to go. So you come back and you still got to wait like five more minutes. <laughs> but once you do that, you can basically go anywhere and do anything without any loading. Yeah, yeah. Like, I remember the first time that I walked into the dungeon. I'm like, oh, I can just walk right in here. Right. Like, this is cool. Oh, instead of having a load to go into a dungeon? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like, and this is, I guess, the power of the this generation of these consoles is is just kind of going anywhere without with only low times unless you're kind of fast traveling or, or warping anywhere that, that was what killed me because i'm half the time i didn't mind driving because i would get xp or um ap during it but it was just oh my god i wanted to go somewhere quick and then oh i have to wait like five minutes yeah <laughs> i remember factoring paid. that into uh when the driving the car it's like this trip will only take you two minutes but you could fast travel there and I'm like, I'll just ride there because that'll be quicker. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. Like, by the end of it, I was probably doing a lot. Like, when I was first going, I was driving everywhere. But once I got to this point where I'm just like, well, AP and XP doesn't really matter too much because I'm almost in in-game status. And I need to really just farm and get, you know, get AP that way. Like, yeah. So that was when I started fast traveling more. And that's when I noticed how long those loads <laughs> are they weren't they they you know i think it, i think you do yourself a disservice though if you play this game and you don't drive as much as you can because that was yeah. like a huge element of the game was the driving was the you know popping on classic final fantasy titles while cruising with the guys i was i loved that it was it made me feel like i was on this epic adventure with the guys so driving was huge anyway so that's why i can forgive the long loading times because it's like you're saying okay would you rather sit through five minutes of kind of interesting content or five minutes of a loading screen you're choosing that you know what i mean so um yeah. I, and like you said the way that it, everything was so seamless i i loved it I, I thought that was i thought that was handled as well as it could i would gladly sacrifice a five to ten minute loading time if it gave me the ability to witness and see such cool interactions between characters and such a seamless world as far as the open world whether or not i wanted there to be more dense things in the open world for some quests that's another story but i still thought it was handled very well so yeah I agree with you, Joe, for sure. Yeah, I, I like uh, the driving around kind of really didn't bother me that much because uh, I, I guess I felt the, at least for the majority of the time, that the world did feel alive because there was um, uh, sometimes there would be like kind of this herd of animals crossing the street and you would just stop and watch them go by. Mm-hmm. Or you'd look to the side and there would be like these dinosaurs or whatever, like uh, in, the, in the lake, just sort of enjoying their day, hanging out with each other. And it, it just just things like that. You'd see um, enemies you could get out and go and fight, but they, uh, you didn't have to. You could just drive right by them. Like it felt it felt pretty alive alive to me. A lot mm-hmm. lot more alive than other open worlds. Yeah, I no, that's of. that's for sure. And then of course there were chocobos. So yeah, a lot yeah. of to travel. <laughs> chocobos are awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah, I had a, I gave Gladio a, like a rocked out pink chocobo. He was looking. <laughs> looking baller on that <laughs> so yeah they did give you a lot of ways to kind of traverse the land and see things to even make it interesting so do you want to stare at the screen or do you want to do that it's your choice really talking about about the car i kind of want to get your opinion on that since that did did play such a big role i mean did you feel that um did, did you ever try to drive around manually or did you just like setting your your, your destination to auto um yeah I, I think i did i probably was mm, maybe like 65 like like 
Ignis Drive, 35 I Drive, because um, I traveled at night a lot, so he wouldn't let us drive, mm-hmm. um, which probably leads me into my point, my one point of like, that's interesting design philosophy. Like, I get it. Like, you know, when you're like, like how they don't let, like, why they didn't let you go out at night earlier in the game. Like, the only thing that frustrated me about it is the fact that how they how they worked XP, how when you rest, you use your XP. And I didn't oh, want you bank to. It, yeah. I wanted to. Ke- I I like to keep yeah. making it so that when I went to stay at like the Golden Choir or whatever, um, the hotels were and like do my XP bonus. That's what I wanted to do. So I didn't want to just go to sleep because I didn't want to use it. But it's night, so I can't really go to sleep. Yeah, I can't fast travel, but I need to go halfway oh, across the map, and it's already nighttime. Mm-hmm. And that was pretty much impossible. And you know, it could be a way of thinking of it as a balance. You know what I mean? Like, you know, if they let you just zip around in, in chapter two, <laughs> you could build right. up all this XP, go to sleep at two time XP, and then you get you know ridiculously powerful way too early in the game, which is it happened to me because I didn't care. <laughs> I just I just drove around and rode on my chocobo. But um, you know, the car itself was fine. I don't know if we're in spoiler-ish territory, I kind of want to speak about an addition you can make to the car that drastically changes how you get around in the car. Um, See, I don't know if we should talk about that or not yet because that that was released in a trailer, so I don't know if it's kind of like fair game or not. I feel like, yeah, okay, well, here here we go. We're in the slightly non-spoiler section. If you don't want to hear about the addition to the car, just you know, skip ahead like five minutes. Listen, <laughs> the flying of the car, which we saw in the reveal trailer... Yeah. Um, was probably it was fine but why did they make landing <laughs> so oh my god i think that just speaks to like the the, the ui and just the clunkiness of, of of the car in general because i hated flying that car so much <laughs> i hated it the flying was fine it was landing and taking off that was a pain well i guess not taking off i mean it was pretty simple but for me for me the issue was just when you're driving well maybe it's maybe it was more of just locations because when you go to Pedias at the end. Pedias, yeah. You have to get okay. So you're you're. It's like at the edge of the map. So there's an invisible wall. So your fucking car just keeps turning around and around and around when you're trying to find the perfect landing spot because the strip is so small and it's just. They should have just gave you like you know what are those things your parachute and just fucking jump out and say oh. bye car <laughs> yes, yeah, go car. land yourself yeah. <laughs> i just don't understand why final fantasy xv turned into flight simulator 10 that's just all yeah. i could, I, oh, it was weird. I don't need to judge my altitude when <laughs> playing a freaking final fantasy game that was some bull that's all i'm gonna say <laughs> yeah and you can get caught on like the smallest little thing like you hit a little lamppost and you're dead yeah. like it's game over like, you have to save before you take off in that thing because you, you, you can't guarantee you're going to land safely. Oh, and I just absentmindedly, my first experience, I got the upgrade. I was like, all right, let's go to the dungeon. Let's let's get those ruins done. I just done took off. And then <laughs> I was like, all right, cool. Landing spot. Then, like, mountains. And then it was over before I knew it. And then I'm, like, all the way back at the yeah. Yep. Hill, right where Cindy told me. When I just was flying for, like, eight minutes, I'm like, I mm-hmm. don't have to fly <laughs> all this time again (laughs) so then i of course did the fast travel and of course the loading times were there i was just like dude like seriously like why don't you just let me save in the car or something i don't know it was just it was i was then i then i like i was like i'm never crashing again i never crashed after that but then it took me like literally 15 minutes to land because i kept going low i was like don't pull up like i just didn't trust it yeah yeah it took me a few tries to land on that little little strip to get to the the ruins i ruined my car getting in there i'm like i'm so done trying to make this car not 
Right. Like, Cindy's going to have to deal with this shit. <laughs> Why can't you just input the coordinates and just let autopilot in that mess? Yeah. Like, that's what I was trying to do. You could do that in Final Fantasy VIII. That, like, since eight, you could just select a, yeah. a location and just auto fly there. Or just that's, don't let that, me die. That's fine, yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, just guide me. <laughs> it's not a challenge to the game. You're not ruining the essence of the difficulty if you just say, you know what, let's just make the car indestructible in the air. That's fine. You bounce yeah. off a mountain. It's funny. Who cares? <laughs> right, right. <sighs> um, I guess some people or a lot of people feel that the car is too... Uh, they want to kind of take the car and drive wherever they want. They want to play Final Fantasy GTA. So what Square is doing is, um, I guess this was the case in the episode The Sky Demo that they're patching in kind of off-road capabilities with the car you can drive where you want to yeah i saw that we got them put some rims on it put some yeah <laughs> which i mean is i like Need the customization of the car yeah i i mean like i when i first started driving with the car it felt very very like handheld you know yeah like, you can't no... you can't crash if you wanted to right you can't go off-road it just it magnet which is it's magnet which is like a really them. really frustrating thing near the beginning but once you get used to it it was just more of a for me it was like this nice kind of like i'm gonna relax and just chill on my phone and collect ap or do whatever while you know they're interacting and and i'm just waiting for this time to pass and just kind of viewing what's going on around me too at times so mm-hmm. it, it for me it wasn't i let go of that want to have it have the car be more than just this getting to and from on like a train track so to speak you know like i yeah. just was like all right well this game wasn't even meant for this type of shit anyway so yeah, i don't really like, care to want more from that because the the world doesn't warrant me to want to go exploring in a car it's not designed to right. for, for a car to be driving around other than the roads anyway yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Right. um and like 20 minutes in i st- I, I tried i to stubbornly drive manually everywhere I wanted to go. And like 20 minutes in, I kind of abandoned that. I'm like, uh, this isn't what this thing this thing is for. This car is not yeah. designed for exploration. It's yeah. designed to get you from here to here. I'm just going to auto everywhere. Yeah, that's basically what it was too. Yeah. Once I leveled my Chocobo, I was on the Chocobo so much more than my car. So <laughs> nope. yeah. His name was Bootsybo. That's his name. <laughs> Bootsybo, nice. Bootsybo. <laughs> Mine was just Taco. <laughs> I actually named her Chocobo Taco. Um, <laughs> I don't think my Chocobo had a name. Nameless. nameless. Yeah, it shall remain nameless. Uh, one of the biggest changes and additions to this game, of course, was the um, the battle system and the more action-oriented, faster-paced battle system. Uh, I wanted to kind of get your guys' opinions on that, especially uh, Justin and I coming from... Um, playing the other games where it is uh either active time based turn based active time based um and you have final fantasy 12 which is like a literal mix of both of those things um so yeah i i i loved it i I thought it was a great change of pace i mean i've been sort of adapting to each final fantasy battle system as they come out anyway and i'm used to the change because they change it up every game and this is just another change uh, I liked it. It felt more modern, mm-hmm. I guess. Like at, this was kind of Square Enix adapting to the times of uh, RPGs and action games. And some people say it's really simple. I think it's a lot deeper than people give it credit for. Um, oh God, yeah. When you get into, it's more of your passive, so quote unquote, that are yeah, very deep in it. Yeah, I, and skill I, tree. And all. I'd originally thought I'm like, well, this there can't be that much skill to to this. I mean, you're just holding down this button or that button and moving around. But then I saw this video of some guy 
playing the entire game without getting hit once. I'm like, he, there's there's a definite degree of skill to this. I mean, you can dodge around and, and warp around and all that. So, I mean, there is, there is some technical um, uh, skill required. You can't. It's not just like kind of a, a button mashing or button holding game. You there is more nuance to it than that. I think. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think that was by far and away the best. I, I that was my favorite part of the game was the gameplay, mm-hmm. which I mean is the important thing in every game probably. But yeah, I think that people that you know maybe thought it was simple, I probably weren't really maximizing their enjoyment out of the game because i mean there were so many different tactics you can do where you you know how you combo your ultimates with you know the 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 skills with your teammates you know how you set up your equipment so that it gives you certain you know defenses and advantages it's it it it, it's in line with i felt like the depth of all the other final fantasy final fantasy has never been a game that's amazingly complex you know it's not like it's a yes it's deep and there's depth to it i mean you could always take it as far as you want it to you can make it as complex as you want it or you can make it like simple i'm gonna level up to level 70 and destroy everything by just pressing x you know what i mean like um like yeah it's not it, it wasn't like Baldur's Gate or some like computer RPG that like has all these advanced stats, but there was still a lot of fidelity and, fl- and fluidity in the combat. And I felt I felt like they balanced that very well. I think I agree that it was a game for veterans and, and first timers alike, that little welcome screen you get, because like by the end of it, I'm just like, all right, so we use Piercer from, you know, from Prompto to set up the defense. And then we use Overwhelm to go into that. And then I'll combo that into my armature chain. Like, you know, like there were definitely times where I'm like, this is pretty strategic. Um, Did you guys play in the uh, actives exclusively? Did you guys ever try the weight mode? Uh, I use the weight mode of majority of the game actually i thought it was i, I like the more strategic approach to it mm-hmm. and see and that's what i mean like there and i played it completely in act, action mode just because yeah, I, me too. I love action games and i love weight games too but i just wanted to see what it was like to just keep it rolling but then i played in weight mode i was just like yeah this kind of feels even this is this is refreshing and i'm like mm. i love that they actually offer that difference of of style of gameplay but yeah never did i feel that the game was like brain dead or, or or too simple especially once you start getting into the harder hunts i mean yeah the higher end hunts and you know and we'll get to like the really optional bosses which i really haven't gotten to yet but um yeah i thought i thought the combat was fantastic i felt like my only you know opportunities or maybe if you want to say problems with it were sure the action was a bit chaotic at times but it lends mm-hmm. itself to still being very fun even the easier battles were fun and it's kind of interesting. I also I almost thought that the easier battles were almost more fun than the tougher battles, which is kind of opposite in Final Fantasy for me. Usually I love the tougher battles versus the easier ones yeah. because the easier ones just get boring. But I felt I thought I had a lot of fun with the easier ones because I just like to experiment and play around with what I could do. I was like, oh, let's just use Gravispear on these eight low levels and then throw a firebomb in them. And that was like a fun, yeah. like, you know, a wombo combo, <laughs> if you will. I had a lot of fun with that. So I don't know. I love the gameplay. I I, I like this sort of chaotic mess because when I played Final Fantasy VII, in my head, these are what all these guys were doing. They were moving and zipping right. across the screen at fast pace, and I, <laughs> and I, and I love that, and I felt like this game kind of I, – I, I enjoy that. Um, but, you know, I, I'm also a huge fan of turn-based too, so if they ever went back to a more slow or steady-paced game, I would be all for it as well. So, yeah, that's my opinions on the gameplay. Um, be, before I answer, what – um what mode did you play it on justin like was it nor i mean um like were you on a hard or normal could you choose i thought you could could you choose i didn't know you could choose i don't know 
There, there's a uh, difficulty mode in this game. I didn't think so. Uh, I can't no, say for sure now. They, they didn't they patch in a hard mode. I, f- I feel like there might have been, or they're coming out with a hard mode. They might be coming out with one. I know they patched in a new game plus. That wasn't there from um, the start. <laughs> for some reason, I thought there was a difficulty. No, that's hmm. not really. I, I want to say that there is something, but no, there was no difficulty changing. I don't think so. I don't know. We have to, you know, r- r- rewind that and check it maybe after yeah. the podcast, but. Um, but I, yeah, I, I was just curious. I, 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 mm-hmm. I, I kind of feel like maybe a hard mode would be if you put down that accessory that blocked your experience. That's hard mode. Yes, like, you know yes, yeah, right. Pretty much. I know um, about that life. <laughs> no. Yeah, that, same. Give me that XP, man. <laughs> I love over level. It's fun to me. I love when I can just laugh at everything that comes in my way. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's that power fantasy. It's great. It's yeah. fun. Is, as far as the combat, so what? What, what was the? Like overall statement or question for her? Uh, I was just asking uh, what you thought about it, and because uh, I know a, a big reason why you don't really like th- or would play the other Final Fantasies because how slow paced yeah, yeah. the combat is. So I mean, this was a big reason why you even played this in the first place because you're like, I'm going to try out this combat. It looks fun. And would you say it kind of lived up to what you thought it would be? Oh yeah, I mean, like going into it, my mind was kind of comparing it to maybe similar to something like DMC or just your hack and slash with a little less like your button mashing type of gameplay. But um, it was kind of, it was that for the first, you know, few chapters maybe. But once you get into it, once I got more used to the combat system, it definitely, you know, became something that wasn't just button smashing, but a little more of techniques. And as you guys are saying, a little planning, um, but yeah, the the as far as like the battle system and all that, it was very satisfying to play for someone who doesn't really like turn based. Um, so I I as far as like a newcomer goes, and especially not being a, not into the 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 turn base, it was very I guess user friendly. I think it was very user friendly, which was one of the reasons why it was so fun to just kind of dig around with it in the very beginning because I didn't feel. Um, it, it didn't feel super challenging, you know, and it, I felt they had a nice way of introducing you to things and you had the option to do a tutorial if you wanted, which I did because I wanted to try and do this game right from the start. And I'm glad I did because at least in the beginning I had a little more of like a, all right, I'm taking this seriously. I'm going to try to do and be good at this game. And mm-hmm. at least at the end, I feel like maybe I was... I feel like I did pretty good. Felt like my combats, combats for the most part weren't the worst. Although I still really suck at this game, <laughs> but um, combat, combat was really fun. I I really enjoyed it overall, and um, I don't know. Coming to the end of it, I did really feel like, man, I wish I would have utilized the skill tree better. And seeing what I did and upgraded over time, like, man, I wish I I had did this better. And I wish I had, you know, upgraded this thing because I would maximize this, and and it just there's a lot of um, there's a lot of, I guess, when you look back and you're you're seeing not regret, but you know, there's a lot of like in, in unfulfilled hindsight, potential. Yeah, and I was like, damn it, I should have did this when I was, you know. See now, if you played it. Final Fantasy X, you would have been trained to know, yeah, look ahead and know where to go to to bestly right. min max your character. So that that's definitely where where um where I'm at now since you know I've I've beat the game too so it's it's a lot of like man i wish i took i wish i took the skill tree a little more seriously i wish i would have 
utilize those things in front of me more because they were so useful and mm-hmm. like I didn't get into Arminger until way later in the game which was like man why the fuck wasn't I using that you know so yeah. there, there's a lot of things I didn't learn until late game just because I was just having too much fun dicking around and mm. using spells and all that and uh, it's 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 a great feeling but it's also like damn and I'm because once I'm done with this game because I'm still kind of playing it even after the fact once I'm done I'm going to be done for a very very long time so Oh, you're not playing the DLC or anything Yeah, like but I mean, it's not like, I, I mean, in terms of starting the game completely over. Oh, okay. So I won't have a time to, this This won't happen again for a very long time. So it's kind of like sad that I didn't utilize these things um, the way I probably could have and benefited the most from. So um, okay. I have a question for you. Have you played, um, do you, have you played any other action RPGs like uh, Kingdom Hearts, um, you know, anything of that, of that nature? I tr- I tried the first Kingdom Hearts and I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. I think it was more just the controls were just kind of old and wonky. Sure, sure. Although I heard that the second one wasn't as wonky, so I was gonna give that a try. But um, as far as like action RPGs, I I really think this was maybe the only one that actually like did without having a lot of help. Cause I played like another RPG called uh, Eternal Sonata. Yeah. But the, it, that's not really actiony. It's just Mm-mm. time based, right? Sort of. Yeah. I mean, that was definitely yeah. Eternal Sonata. I'm definitely familiar with. That was man. I was so hyped for that game, and it was a little disappointing. But um, <laughs> I had, no, I had a I had an Xbox faceplate of that game and everything. I thought it was gonna be so cool. <laughs> Wasn't that good? <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm, it's definitely probably the most tactical of the action RPGs I've played in a long time because it, it still felt like classic Final Fantasy to me. But it was just like you were still moving your characters and swinging when yeah. you wanted to swing. But I still felt like the essence of Final Fantasy was there easily. So I'm really excited to see if they take this engine and put it in the Final Fantasy VII remake in some form. But like when they when they change, it looks it up like a they bit. might. Yeah, did you see yeah. the screenshot they just released? Yeah, there was two of them that just came out. It looks like it, it, it might they might do that, which totally I mean I'm, I'm totally down with. Yeah. Totally reminded me of it, and I'm. I'm t- totally fine with that engine and i think it would work well yeah i even saw like cloud was like kneeling behind a crate and i was like yep that's that looks like the engine so i'm excited for that seeing where they take this battle engine now that they have it and like really fine tune it and make it like i think that oh man that's gonna be such a good game when it comes out in eight years yeah (laughs) yeah that's like the refrain we keep hearing like it looks so good but it's so far away yeah um a couple more things i want to mention real quick on the battle system before moving on was uh i think the main reason why i got sucked into wait mode for so long was that it was objectively uh better to use than active time mode because you could scan any enemy you wanted to mm-hmm. and know what they're weak to what weapon they're weak to what they're strong against what element they're weak to and strong against and uh you couldn't do that in active mode without ignis um like just r- randomly scanning an ep- any enemy. And yeah. He never scanned the one you wanted to, or you never scanned it when you wanted to. Uh, but with the wait mode, you could just do whatever you wanted whenever. And just be like, I oh, know he's weak to that, so I'm going to use this now. It was objectively better than the, the active modes. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I knew about how wait mode had that, too. I, I kind of like, for me, I was like... This is not um, any sort of knock on anybody wanting to use weight, but I thought it was kind of fun for me. I was like testing myself, like, see, could I remember what enemy was weak against one? And it was kind of stupid, but I was just like, oh, it's kind of fun. I kind of had fun, like, trying to literally remember what enemies were weak and then kind of like experimenting. But at the same time, I was like, weight mode is probably so much better. For the- right. I, feel like, I feel like I should have just done it for like bosses and things of that nature. 
just to like right. actually be able to like control the pick. Because by far the worst part about active mode is when you like use your team ultimate and it's like not targeting the person you wanted to target, and it's like, well, that sucks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, even when I returned to active mode, I would still switch it for the the big battles and the boss fights just to control that pace. And I think objectively that makes perfect sense. <laughs> yep. And uh, a quick shout out to Vagrant Story because I think the wait mode sort of reminded me of Vagrant Story. Is that do you do you remember that game that old PS one? Yeah, absolutely. That's a classic PS one game. That was a man. That was such a great era of RPGs. Um, but yeah, I think I totally was reminded of that. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, which little fun fact? I think it takes place in the same universe as uh, Final Fantasy twelve and Tactics. I was about to say Final Fantasy twelve. Yes, yes. I remember reading about that, and it was the same because it was the same. I think uh, I think it was the same battle design or gameplay designer that did worked on twelve, and I think I want to say that the same gentleman who designed the battle system in Final Fantasy twelve worked on uh, uh, whatever that game we just said was in life. Vagrant. Yeah, Vagrant story. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is really cool. Um, okay, so uh, the one thing we can't neglect to mention in the battle system is that god-awful camera. <laughs> the camera. We need the, to give a shout-out to... And the, the damn trees that it, were in every single battle, always in my damn way, and I couldn't see anything. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was the camera in tight spaces and when you're like in a forest area. Which it's, you wouldn't even have to be in the forest. You're in an empty-ass field, and when you start in a battle, there are bushes and trees that get in the <laughs> fucking way. Trees yeah. just grow. <laughs> yeah. Of it which... so frustrating. They did include an option to kind of zoom the camera out, uh, when you're fighting bigger enemies, it was like a far mode or a close mode, I think. But even that's not enough to to remedy the the terrible camera situation they have going on. Yeah. I did notice it was pretty bad. I, I don't know if I've like really ever if it ever really cost me too many fights, but there was definitely one fight where I was just minding my own business, riding Bootsy Bow, and then all of a sudden, like eight wolves came out of nowhere, and I was like, "What the heck?" Then I just saw boulders, and then I was just on the ground. I was like, <laughs> yep. "What just happened?" <laughs> it was so funny. Oh, man. But, yeah, I totally agree. Oh, man. Yeah. It doesn't ruin the experience, I don't think, by any means, but it's definitely, it's bad enough that it, frustrating. it merits a mention here that yeah. it, it it's bad and you need to fix it. Cameras is one of those things where if you're talking about the camera in a video game, you know something's gone wrong. Yeah, yep, absolutely. Yep, yep, yep. should just never be talked about. All right. Um, all right. So, finally, moving on, uh, I wanted to get you guys' uh, spoiler-free thoughts on the story, just overall. Um. I guess uh, we can get more into it in the spoiler section, but I mean, how do how do you generally feel about the story? Uh, I guess after after finishing it, um, satisfying conclusion, absolutely satisfying ending to it. As far as the development of the main characters, we'll obviously get into the side characters, underdeveloped states. Um, but, yeah, uh, I thought the story was very like I said. If you hadn't played Kingsglaive, you're going to be confused for a long time. Yep. And then if you have watched Kingsglaive, you'll be confused for a shorter time. <laughs> <But> <laughs> yeah, basically. It's still a shortcut be, to being still confused. You'll, still be, yeah. you'll reach a point where you're like, wait, huh? What now? Who's the dang dog? No, I know who the dog was. But other, it, it, yeah, it, it was one of those things where it's like you can definitely tell like the development cycle was a long cycle. And there yep. are pro- some probably some parts that were rushed, some gameplay elements that were just kind of thrown in that kind of did this weird thing with the story. Like there's a point later on where you're like having a debate, if you remember that, with some yeah. woman. And I'm like, yep. who is this? Wait, what's going on right now? And like they kind of just kind of threw things in there and kind of just and then at the end they were like, OK, now we're at the final part. Let's 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 finish this off. Yeah. And 
And I think w- without it's hard to get into it without spoiling things, but I would definitely say some of the coolest characters in the game were just so underutilized in the main story and i want to see more of that story and that's what makes me even more interested in the dlc because i'm like if i get to see more of the story and the development Mm -hmm. please thank you yes because yeah i think i'll definitely divulge a bit more once we get into the spoiler but like i said you'll be confused if you haven't watched king live early and if you have then you'll be confused about midway through the game and then the rest of the way so that's my thoughts okay i do (sighs) story camille did you watch did you did you guys watch the anime in the movie I watched the movie with Joe on and off because he had it on and I was like doing something or something like that. But. Yeah, yeah. How how it went was uh, I was I was down to watch every single second of this movie because I was ready to go the night before the yeah. release. So I, I waited till the night before it was released to watch it. And I so it'd be like, fresh in my you mind. Why wait till the night before? That's dumb. I want to do something else. So he was like, "Well, I'm gonna watch it." I'm like, "Well, then watch it." Yeah. It was, so I wanted to do it so it was fresh in my mind for for yeah. the game. Um, I just want to add, I watched it literally right before I pressed X to start the game. I had the same exact thought. Like, I had to... I watched it, the credits rolled, and then I loaded up Final Fantasy XV. Like, that's how I watched that's cool. Kingsglaive. So, nice. I that, that's the ideal way to do it. That's everyone would. what you should have done. It helped me so much more. <laughs> yep. uh, so, yeah, so I watched it, and I was I was paying attention to it. I loved it. And then, yeah, Camille, Camille hadn't committed to the game yet. She, was, she, she wasn't that interested yet. She I wanted couldn't, to play it. She knew was she was going to play like, it, but she wasn't interested in the world yet. So she was kind of yeah. half paying attention to it, not really knowing what was going on, I think. Probably. So, yeah. so And then um, right after the movie was over, I went and searched the, the anime on YouTube and watched that, too. Yeah. Which I would say that that's far less uh, required viewing, but it definitely adds to the four characters. Absolutely. Absolutely. I would say the anime was... It was decent, um, but yeah, I think it, I think it added up, especially for me in Prompto. I thought it added a bit more. Yeah, it was. Uh, the, I think the best. It did the most favors for Prompto. I think. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. So, um, getting getting to the story thoughts. Um, so overall, how I yeah, just spoiler free. Overall, what are your feelings on it? I'll say it is. Like it always comes to imagery. <laughs> just. Where my mind's going. So it's like this really big, beautiful picture, like um, like someone painted a mural. Mm-hmm. And there's this gorgeous image, and there's just holes punched all over it. <laughs> that's, that's how I feel about it, because what you can see and what you can put together are really beautiful things. But it's a, kind of broken, in a sense. It, it's missing so much of these holes, so much of these important factors. It's missing these nice accents and i think that um just as a story it very much has its really really high highs and really low lows and a lot of it is because of lack of context and lack of um just setup and just to kind of take take what take away what you will with that it is it is something that i really enjoyed even if it was my first experience and it it felt kind of incomplete in some ways i still think that this was such a perfect game for me to play story-wise for Final Fantasy, mm-hmm. which is funny enough because I was worried it'd be really political, which is something I'm not too interested in storytelling, but it had enough of everything where it, it wasn't just that. And um, there were such great character moments, and, and that's a big thing too is character moments in the story. So like I said, just this is a beautiful picture with lots of, Lots of pieces missing. Yeah, I think the first thing I said uh, after I beat the game was I Facebooked my completion certificate and I said, wow, that was such a beautiful mess. Yeah. 
I remember that. I saw that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, because that I mean that's basically what 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 it is. I remember I was listening to um, the Kotaku Split Screen podcast had recently did a Final Fantasy 15 episode, and they were saying how uh, the director of this game Tabata just this game was basically just dropped in his lap, and he was told to just make what you will out of Tetsuya Numura's um, mm-hmm. vision. Like he wasn't allowed to sort of make his own vision he just had to like stitch together pieces mm-hmm. from the old game that was sort of just dropped into his lap so that's why i think the game was sort of like missing a lot of things that it shouldn't have been well that and, and weren't you the one told me it was supposed to be a trilogy yeah it was supposed to be a trilogy and, and going on with what justin was saying the ending's very complete and this is the ending i feel that a lot of a lot of that can be taken in the beginning of the game and in, in terms of pacing i feel the pacing of the beginning of the game is really nice but then once you get to like 30% of the game, it starts to just feel very, very jumbled. And then you get the ending and it's just smushed in. Where is everything from 30 to like 75% of this game? It's just a mess. It's stitched together. Like, yeah. yeah, it's just a Frankenstein's monster of a game because it's just they didn't have enough time because I think people yeah. people say, oh, it's in development for 10 years. It's not really true. It, like it started development maybe around like 2012 because yeah. that's where they had to really you know hunker down and and get it done so it's really like a four-year development yeah and and it's that's going back to you know this game being a potential three-part game um i really feel like you can see that in the storytelling and the development and even just seeing how the pace changes so drastically towards the end of the entire game at least when it comes to story i feel like with how much effort they put into these characters and how much how much of the extra stuff they had, like the anime and the movie, I just think that goes to show that they knew they had to take out so much stuff, but they also knew that this stuff need to, needed to exist for the story to be even somewhat cohesive or somewhat complete, and it's just, mm-hmm. I feel a little betrayed. Mm-hmm. Final Fantasy and Square Enix, how could you? This was my first experience, and I, I loved everything that was there, and I knew there was so much more, and you just took them out for what were reasons who we'll never know probably yeah and 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 it's 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 frustrating though because the characters i think are pretty much all very interesting like yeah yeah i really like the cast and the side characters Mm -hmm. coming from final fantasy um 13 oh i did not like half the cast in that game you know as far as just strictly characters uh go and I just wanted to learn so much about every everybody in the cast and everybody. And so it was like, I it, that's that's where it really hurt me the most. Because I feel like for a lot of video games, for me, even if the plot is a mess, if I can at least see some form of character development or character interactions that I just yep. like, you got a lot of that with the guys, but not everything else around them. You know, I feel like that was their focus was like, make sure we have the guys kind of rounded, well-developed. And they, I think for the most part, kind of were towards the end of it. You kind of saw their arcs, although one of them doesn't isn't there for some of it anyway that's more spoilers but for the most part you know you kind of see them develop and grow as a group together and then at the end it just kind of winds up but then everything else around them and they're outside of their own little bubble um doesn't get developed at all so we'll get more of that yeah yeah we're gonna um in the interest of speeding this part along uh just had a couple more questions we can kind of go through and then we can get to the spoiler section um fast traveling through this podcast destroy this yeah uh so, so Square Enix obviously notice or is aware of how uh, minimal the story is. So they're patching in some stuff for for Chapter Thirteen, um, which is a good start. And I hope they do patch in more stuff for other chapters. But Thirteen is the most uh, the biggest problem. Uh, now, having said that, do you feel um, like slapped in the face or insulted that you played it early? Like, why should we play games early if this is 
what they're going to do? It's a, it's a fair question. So I can also add another bit of do I feel cheated as a PS4 pro owner? Um, they promised uh, 60 uh, as close to six. Like a, basically they're they're trying to release a patch that would target 60 frames per second for the PS4 Pro in the high quality mode. Because in PS4 Pro, you have you have two versions. You can do with really high fidelity graphics or you can do really high fidelity frame rates. So you play with the frame rates, you know, you don't get as good draw distance, textures, yada, yada. But with the high fidelity, you get beautiful, beautiful graphics, draw distance, all that good stuff. But the frame pacing was a little off. The frames are, you know, <clears throat> they don't hit more than 30. And mm-hmm. they were promising some boost patch for 60 frames. And they said it was coming out in December. <laughs> and it's February, and I think it's coming out in March now. I think they announced that that patch was also coming oh, out. Oh, you March. S- you still never got that patch? Never got the patch. Oh, I thought oh, wow. you did. Now there is there has been a PS4 boost mode that has been released for non boosted games, but but Final Fantasy 15 is a pro boosted game, so it doesn't count in that realm. Oh, but Square wow. Enix haven't released the patch that they're going to promise for the PS4 Pro. So in that sense, I'm a little disappointed, that, but it is the early adopter fee, like anything with electronics, you know, that's what yeah. kind of comes with the territory. But for a video game, I do feel like it is a bit, it's a bit, it's a bit annoying. I'm not going to lie, but I can't hate on them for wanting to at least, um, fix it if you will or at least listen to the fans it's like well, would you rather the game come out and has all these problems and developers don't do anything hello no man's sky or <laughs> or do you do you work on it continuing to make it a better game now of course there's the argument like well no just focus on like final fantasy 16 or 7r i get that too but at the same time i think it's more respect to them for being so top uh, has been so open about the development that's process. true i, yeah. I respect that he said if we had did x like a little bit about the story like if he said if we had made the whole game open world it would have been you know double the amount of budget yada 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 so i'm actually kind of refreshed by that but i do i don't want them to get caught up in the promising all these things and then taking three four or five months to release them if you're gonna do that you better do it right yeah. and especially in the way for the people that already because if you want to get people that have already put 60 70 hours into this game like us and then go back to it you better make sure that the content's there and the content's good and the content comes out when you say it's going to come out that's my feeling on it which i mean i'm all about uh patching in features and polishing the game up but to actually patch in essential story scenes that's kind of unprecedented it is right yeah i think that's why it kind of feels like being cheated because we we were the ones who were there at the start we supported your game we we you know made your game profitable to, to start and now this is how we're going to be repaid is <laughs> yeah look at it. you can't see this uh podcast i'm holding up my stupid spear that goes with my noctis figure i'm like shaking my <laughs> wand at the camera yes we are the ones that supported you where's my story <laughs> yes and we're the ones that have to wait and replay the game to get to this yeah. content that they're releasing which is essential story material so uh, that's that's not a good look at all it isn't a good yeah. look yeah yeah i, I definitely am on in the same boat with with you both about just we're we're here and at the very least at the very least for day one like give give us the goddamn story (laughs) yeah it's a it's a double-edged sword because i'm i'm so happy they're doing it but at the same time it just should have been there man yeah and and we'll get into a little later too but even just i feel the sequence of events for certain things and the reveals for certain things like things should just kind of happen when they happen and uh, it's so hard to talk about it without being super vague. So we'll just yeah, yeah. But it, I, I definitely like why why wasn't these side missions and all that included, or mm-hmm. you know, 
Like, what what would the game have been had they not patched in these story things for a day one patch? Like, what more of a mess would we be missing? What Even more, details? more than, yeah, we'll never know. Yeah, here's well, a question thankfully. For here's a question for you. This is going to be yes or no, so we don't waste too much time on this. Would you rather have them released this game about a month out from now, like delayed it to March, or release it in November with a slightly unfinished story? What do you think? Uh... Mm. Well, see, I would say March. However, with all the games coming out in March, it would be coming out during March. It would be such a such a clusterfuck of games. But for the sake of the game, I don't know. Uh, this game has been in I, I'm not in development for ten years, but this game has existed in some form for ten years. What's another? Whatever. Take if for for these kind of games, I'm of the mind of just take. All the time we need. I don't care how long it is. It'll be ready when it's ready. I There's, I, I have no shortage of games in my backlog to finish to to take up the time. Like, put in everything that you need, and I'll play it when it's when you feel it's perfectly ready. Yeah. Now, having said that, I mean, as far as budget prices go, I mean, I don't know what their budget was for this game, but you have to release it at some point to start making money on it. Yeah. You can't just have it be in development forever because then it's just going to suck money out, and then never you'll never see any return on that investment. So at some point, they have to kind of rush it out the door and say, okay, we need to start making money on this. We'll fix it after. Right. But in a perfect world where they had infinite money and infinite time to play it, I just, I'd wait I'd wait forever if I had to. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely just think story-wise, finish the story before you leave. If you're going to release a patch for graphics and things, that's fine. But story-wise, yeah. get it done. Like like that famous yeah. Miyamoto quote, a good game is, you know, good forever. Like a, whatever he said, like a rushed game can be bad forever, but a good game. Like, you know, you can't, you can't just... You, you can't just release a bad game. So yeah. I, I yeah. definitely agree. And not not saying it was a bad game, but I, I, I'm, I wish they could have... If they had had the gall, the nerve to just say, you know what, I know we had that event, let's push it back one or two more months and release this complete story, I think people would have been very happy. But yeah. that's... Um, I mean, at the time, they would have been like, all right, I'm just done. Yep. I'll, I'll play it when it's played, but just don't tell me until then. <laughs> yep. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I would have played it whenever. Um, all right, moving on real quick. Uh, thoughts on the musical score, voice acting, and overall audio sound design. Do you have any strong opinions on any any music uh, in the game? Yeah, um, absolutely. I I completely completely love the story. Um, a t- I'm in the story, the music a lot. Um, I think one thing that was always missing from 13 is the themes and and this those mem- those melodies you can just hum and have in your head. And for me, it was like uh, Vosti Vosti di Fantastica. The that's like their their reveal trailer song, the kind of like waltz yeah. song. Oh, yeah. I love I is you know with the, the specialist and you have the soundtrack. I I love the soundtrack and that song. I feel like was something missing from Final Fantasies in a long time. I thought Yoko's uh, Sumimura-san did a good job of implementing those kind of like <clears throat> recurring themes that really get you excited and you hear that like those few notes kick in that really adds to the experience where like uh Hamauzu Masashi Hamauzu who did Final Fantasy 13 score who also one yeah. of my favorite composers um it was kind of a cool score but nothing was very very memorable i mean the 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 theme song i can definitely think of yeah i think I've, that was memorable yeah i think it was a memorable that song that stuck with me it's probably more so just the game itself wasn't as memorable um i just yeah. fe- i just felt like it was such a great synonymous. I, th- I felt like the music fit the tone of the world so well. Maybe that's more so. I love the music. I like the music in Final Fantasy Thirteen, but I just felt like this one accomplished so much of establishing the theme and just going with the characters. I, I truly, I truly enjoyed the soundtrack. I thought it was one of the best 3D soundtracks for uh, 3D Final Fantasy soundtracks yet. So 
yeah, I liked it a lot. I listen to it on my phone every other day, probably. So, yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Mm-hmm. See, that's strange because I feel, um, I don't know, like, I feel like it's missing that kind of personality that mm-hmm. older um, Final Fantasy music had, at least um, just ca- just in comparison to just 10 or maybe a little bit of 8, there's... There are these like standout tracks where I feel the majority of the music in 15, while it does very much fit its theme, I do agree with that. I feel it's that mm-hmm. there's no individual theme, like nothing that really stands out to me. So it's that's a weird thing with the game because I was actually thinking about that today, how the music is there, but it just it's never never enough to really captivate um, much unless it's a very moving scene. Um, mm-hmm. Then the music's just kind of background. I don't know. I, f- I I really didn't take notice of the music, which is usually something I always do for mm, Final Fantasy games. So I was very uh, backseat with this score, unfortunately. I think I'm somewhere in between both of you, mm-hmm. you guys, uh, because I definitely love that waltz, that that waltz song, theme yeah. song you were talking about. It's very prominent in the platinum demo. I don't know if you um yeah, yeah. playing the platinum demo. It was in that a lot. Um, uh, I loved the um the epic music for uh, the the boss battles yep um one fight or two fights in particular with two different songs come to mind which we'll talk about later um yeah i i i fall somewhere in between i really liked it but i don't know if it like it like you said it had that theme hook theme personality that all the other games have I think I more so meant um, best final, f- best soundtrack of the HD Final Fantasy games. Uh, okay. Or like those ones that released like P- maybe like PS3 or, you know, Final Fantasy. Eh. Maybe, like I thought it was better than 12s. I didn't really dig Final Fantasy 12 soundtrack that much. Um, See that? Okay, go ahead. Just for me. Um, yep. But nowhere near the likes of 7 and 10 or 9 or right. six <laughs> or yeah. like you know what i mean but as far Four, as we can do this all time. I, w- I would say maybe the modern era of final fantasy okay. is like when you think of like final fantasy 14 13 um you know 10 uh, no i final fantasy 10 is like yeah that's that's just a that's fantasy. untouchable that's yeah there, you know oh i thought i thought you were saying like 3d like the 3d characters or that's more yeah I, the I, polygonal i feel era. like I, I felt like I, I was a little yeah i was a little outside yeah don't don't get me wrong like anything under 10 and under right is, right okay you know, i mean that's untouchable that's yeah. sort of untouchable but i think in general though like in the modern era of music soundtracks in video games yeah i can't like I can't think of a game besides playing RPGs where you say, give me the theme of Uncharted. So and so. Give me the theme of Gears of War. Give me the theme of Mass Effect. Like, these are great games. God of War. Like, these are the classic games, but you can't. But in Final Fantasy, at least this one got brought me back to a feeling of if I think of Final Fantasy 15, I can hum a song from it right now. And I think I will for years to come. That's what I more so appreciate. Like character themes. Yeah, the character themes were nowhere near as strong. But it actually to finally have a game where I can play where I can actually put it like I don't think there's many games in my phone soundtracks that were like made in the last year besides Undertale. I think <laughs> like, yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. There's, been, there's been like Fez. There's been like real, like you know, Disaster Piece makes good music. There's been definitely some good games, but a lot of the like indie, you know, type of RPGs. Yeah, or I've noticed like that. that too. Just but smaller, AAA smaller games, games. Yeah, AAA games are missing this element, and I think that Final Fantasy 15 finally, I was just like, oh, finally, there's some 
there are some tunes I can find myself humming and singing along to mm-hmm. while I'm like doing the dishes or something like that. So yeah, in the grand scheme of Final Fantasy, no, it is not up there. But in the grand scheme of recent memory of soundtracks, absolutely yeah. is up there yeah, for yeah, me yeah. for triple A uh, games in our era. Uh, I would argue, just as a quick side, you were saying character themes aren't really the greatest. Um, I think the main villain theme is actually pretty good. He did have a great theme. Like when that when those notes started up, I was like, "Oh snap!" They're so dark. I love it. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's it's not one winged angel or anything like that, but it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> exactly. Uh, all right. Uh, last thing quickly, I'll talk about visuals. Um, just anything you thought stood out as uh, particularly good or ugly in terms of uh, graphical yeah uh, f- fidelity <laughs> uh the good animations some of the best animations in any video game especially an action oriented video game i've ever seen the interaction between the guys as they're fighting um the hit the hit reactions and things like that i think were fantastic the bad frame pacing on ps4 pro was disappointing yeah same on xbox mm-hmm. yeah um you know draw distance was good but I mean, it's a gorgeous game. I mean, if you look at this game and think it's ugly, you're, you're no, it's wrong. It's a wrong opinion. It's a beautiful game, yep. and the animations really help them help lend themselves to that. Some of the view, some of the viewscapes, and was just were just all was just jaw dropping for me. And again, I did play yeah. on the PS4 Pro on the high. I played on the high graphics mode exclusively because I wanted mm-hmm. to just see what it looked like in its best mode. Um, I don't know. I, I felt like, for the most part, you, you know, if you're finding things that were ugly, I can definitely... I think there definitely were some things there. You there can some, pick out a few things there and some, there. There are, but... some, there are some textures that were off here yeah. and there, but yeah. you're, you're nitpicking at this point, I feel like, because, you know, everything about it was pretty good, especially the hair. Oh, that hair, though. They were Pantene. See, I, I thought See? that the hair didn't look as good as, like, 13's hair. Is like... Really? In game, at least. See, I like the hair. It was kind of ridiculous looking. Like they're just, it was just ridiculous hair. <laughs> it's just like this is not real hair. <laughs> it's boy band hair. Like people say, this is a boy band game. Oh, and the best part about the whole graphics was the food, though. The food was amazing. Yes. Yeah. What the yeah. heck? Like they. Spent it made me hungry. Like all so every time. Much. They spent so much time designing the the graphics. They put the like the jello down or something, and like it like wiggled. It's like what the heck. <laughs> So that was that was amazing. They could do. They should do a whole freaking uh, side quest DLC of like cooking mini games with Ignis, and that would be the most amazing <laughs> thing ever. Oh, quickly! I totally forgot to put this in our notes. Um, did you ever try that little pinball mini game? Oh, briefly. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, you got an achievement for it, and like that was it. <clears throat> I'm like, I'm gonna have to read up how to play this and like find all the. Yeah, and then I just didn't play it ever again. But yeah, they they released it for the phones. Apparently, they they discontinued support for it already. Wow! <laughs> but uh, failed that bad. Yeah, yeah, it, it didn't do that good. But I, I just, I, yeah, it was a fun little thing, and I was like, oh, okay, I'll never do this again. But I mean, it's nice that they put it in there. Yeah, I am disappointed that there was not a memorable like mini game in this game, like a lot of Final Fantasies have. You know, there's one that I really uh, liked. Oh yeah, this is one thing I never even touched. It was at the. Uh, it was in Lestalem. Is that the place? I don't know. I didn't. Is that do it. what it's called? The that's the that name? is the name of a city. Yeah, it's in that. It's in that city. Okay. And it's in the uh, little battle arena. Yeah, I was gonna say it's the battle. I never touched it. Yeah, I saw. Some oh man, it. it's so dumb, and it's just basically a gambling game. It's so fun. You take a bet as to which two monsters are gonna win in this little kind of like Roman esque gladiator, gladiator type thing. Yeah, and you just. Just you, you choose who you think is gonna win. You bet X amount of coins or whatever, and then obviously if you win, then you get that over with some other extra things. Um, but it's just really fun and dumb. But I like that game. I, I spend a lot of time in that game. 
Um, but but going back to the graphics, for the most part, the game looked really nice. But there's just like little things that bothered me. Like when you're running, sometimes you see these weird little tears and kind of digital blurs between the character and the background or in the car. You notice it a lot. Well, I noticed it a lot. Mm. But it was just small stuff like that. As far as the overworld, mm-hmm. it seemed like it could have been better. I don't know if it was the Xbox version or, or whatnot, but I felt that um, the game probably would and should have looked better than it did for for what I mm. what I noticed. Because I mean, we've played other um, like new gen, if you will, games, and they looked a million times better than Final Fantasy. So I don't know if it was just comparing to that, but it was really uh, it was mm. it wasn't bad. I just I thought I guess I was expecting more since this was like Final Fantasy, you know, and it's known for being so over the top with its with its looks. Right, right, yeah. For for um for the reputation that Square has, I think it it may have fallen a little short for the reputation they built for themselves. But by um by any stretches, I think it was a gorgeous game too. Yeah, it still it still looked you know as pretty as it as it should. I just I really I don't know. I guess I was really expecting a little bit extra from them, but. Hmm. Given that this game was delayed a bunch of times, that was probably the least amount of like work they were trying to put into it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, final, I mean, obviously, Final Fantasy always they always push the limits of consoles. It seems like whenever they release a game, it's always like everybody's catching up, catching up to them. But we've seen yeah. like there's been a lot of games that have been pushing that boundary of games with like our Uncharted, you know, things of that nature that like are just like such, such great eye candy. But, you know, I will say, and no, this is not me trying to claim I'm PS4 Master Race, PS4 Pro Master Race here, but watching it in 4K HDR is like, it's jaw-dropping. Like, jaw-dropping gorgeous. <laughs> For most of the part. I didn't really see much screen tearing or anything like that. But still, the frame rate was atrocious at times. That was my mm-hmm. biggest problem with it. So, Yeah, I... I would agree with what you said about the animations, especially in battle when you're phasing through thing, when you're phasing left mm-hmm. and right, and you're doing like the air stepping to the side and up down yeah. and all that kind of thing. That those look, those looked really really cool. Yeah. Um, and just in general, I think the the animations are pretty smooth in terms of just walking around and sure. Um, like if you'd walk into one of your party members, you just go to kind of like casually step out of the way, like ooh, watch where you. Go. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. All right. So the time has come to dive head first into the spoiler section (laughs) so if you've been listening to this point thinking do i really want to play this game well now is the time to turn back (laughs) make a decision yeah or if you just don't care about spoilers then or if you just don't care either (laughs) way either way we will uh, catch you in a second yes bye bye Uh, all right, welcome back to our fellow uh, Final Fantasy Fifteen players and the adventurous listeners. Uh, from here on out, we we will be discussing uh, any and everything that occurred in the game. Uh, so once again, this is your last warning. If you don't want to be spoiled, then kindly leave. You can come back when you uh, when you finish the game. Yeah. All right, so. I wanted to start off with um, just some character uh, discussions, just like uh, general opinions about kind of favorite, at least favorite characters, uh, characters that maybe you didn't like at first impressions and maybe grew on you throughout the game. Cough, cough, prompto, cough, cough. <laughs> Don't steal my answer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so, yeah, I guess we'll, we'll, we'll start with that. I mean, I um, I, th- I thought prompto was going to suck. And I, I mean, <laughs> I thought he was going to suck. 
I thought he was going to be that, you know, the typical millennial, let me check my phone every two seconds, I'm saying totes adorbs, and all the, you know, the cool lingo that the kids say these days. <laughs> and he, I, I came around on him, uh, him and, I guess, Gladio too, because Gladio seemed like a big, chunky meathead character who doesn't know anything about anything, and I kind of came around on him as well. But I always knew I was going to like Noctis. Mm-hmm. And that that didn't really really change. I mean, there were plenty of times throughout the game where I'm like, "Yep, he's a, he's a good guy," and they're showing it. Mm. Very no, very noble. Um, I'll say. So, what, what what do you think, Justin? Yeah, um, yeah. My favorite character, if I was gonna pick a favorite character, probably Noctis actually, which was really refreshing because when I first start started watching the trailers, like I mean, this is way back when they showed the kind of brooding prince sitting in the chair or whatever in the car like literally when like final fantasy like you know when it was announced i i I didn't want it to be another one of those like quiet like angry at the world emo like Like squall part another cloud or squall yeah yeah exactly but he wasn't and it was so refreshing as a more real more trailers i was like he was just a cool dude like you know he was definitely lead character he had his problems had his internal character but wasn't a jerk to like random people on the street you know kind of like lightning was kind of a jerk you know what i mean <laughs> like i didn't really yeah like she was very kind of distant she was, and she was cold and distant i hate it, my heroes yeah. are cold and distant i like i like my heroes to be a guy that like i can kind of like feel like i can grab a burger with sometime and Noctis totally felt like one of those guys yeah. um so i was it was just nice to finally see a main character that was like yeah okay okay i'm i'm cool with this guy like we're, we're cool together and then um i don't know if we're on least favorite character are we doing, oh yeah go for it are we doing least favorite of the main four or least favorite of in the world uh you whoever you want. you want oh that's easy Perfect. it's cindy without a question it's cindy okay Damn, uh, fair I'm enough like for it the most the most well from we all know the character design is just ridiculous okay okay let me be fair maybe so much if I do feel like the visual appearance of Cindy lends probably like eighty five percent of my hatred to it, but it's it it it's like <laughs> this is what it's like when I try to t- like friends of mine who don't like JRPGs like this is why we're not taking seriously sometimes. Yeah, actually, <laughs> like why yeah. did you design a thong with literally tan lines underneath where the co- shorts? Co- and then just her dialogue was so bad. It was like why is she some. Why are they southern where nobody else has this accent? But I like is there backstory to why she talks like this? I don't know. I just thought that it was just such a, a, a trope of like yeah. just like I feel like she should Final be holding Fantasy a, she, trope. I should feel like she should be holding a Coca Cola and washing the and she was one where she was like washing yeah. the car. I'm like Yeah, she does. It's like, are you kidding me right now? This character is totally an ineffectively ineffective part of this game as far as like there is no and, and, and I feel like they could have taken it. They they could have taken it to a, a pretty cool place with her. And I, and I like that she was like, you know, uh, uh, the type of you know, she's a woman mechanic. She was, you know, she's not afraid to get her hands dirty and all that stuff. But like the package was just served on a garbage can. It was like, you know, where the, <laughs> the, 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 what, what could have been cool was just ruined with the outer package. And it just, I was just immediately lost from this from jump. The minute I saw her, I was like, that is just terrible. Um. And as far as like, yeah, the characters that grew on me, it was absolutely prompto. When he was first revealed, I was like, oh, look, it's the quirky, fun sidekick one that's afraid of everything. We've seen this before, you know, but then as they revealed more to his character and his backstory and, you know, and then watching actually watching the anime actually started my whole reversal on his character seeing. I was like, oh, wow, he's lost a lot of weight. Like, I lost a lot of weight. I used to weigh over 300 pounds. Like, I can get that. Like, I get down with that. Like, that's that's really cool. And, like, I like his backstory. And I like... And then he started becoming funny. And then, like, we beat an enemy and he started humming the Final Fantasy fanfare. I was like, 
All right, that's cool. He's just a big geek. I like that. Like, I'm, I'm down with him, and I and I really enjoyed watching his character grow throughout the story. So those are my likes, dislikes, and grew on me. <laughs> All right. Um, Noctis was definitely a favorite for me. He was just, I don't know, he, he had a whole array of emotions, and I like that he wasn't so heavy-handed with one thing. And it was refreshing, like you're saying, just be like, yeah, this guy seems like totally cool dude. Go hang out with him or something. And um, I also really like Prompto from the start. I felt like I could kind of not relate to him, but just have some kind of common ground where he's speaking my language. You know, I understand where he's coming from or his humor. I was kind of back and forth with Ignis until after losing his sight. Then I was like, man, I'll never, ever think shitty of you again. This is so fucked up. This happened because of this journey you're on with and for Noctis. So there's that kind of weird appreciation that definitely solidified after that event and then um funny enough after that event then i started to hate gladios because he was such a fucking dick (laughs) and i get it but oh my god he was so ruthless to noctis dude he just lost his wife he also lost his dad there's so much culminating here and you're not giving this dude any chance to either either talk about it or work it out in some way and you're getting pissed because you know other things are happening around him i feel like there's this weird disconnect with with gladio and and noctis and i felt like that was very apparent once the punches started coming out after what happened to ignis right. and then i i surprisingly really did not like iris because i was like um he's getting married you need to chill the fuck out back up he's spoken for lady just chill and she was just very pushy and like oh my god like me she was she was like the main character in um in final fantasy 8 where she was always pushing herself on squall and i hated it so much Renoa? yeah Renoa? i hated her and now i hate iris for the same shit <laughs> it's I just a trend love, um so true story to the listeners off camp off camp uh mike we were just talking about, i was just talking about how much i liked iris because i feel like Nocta should have went with her and then <laughs> Cam's now just totally just dragging my girl through the mud. You know what? She was just having fun. She's chilling. Ain't no ring on that finger yet. You know? Ain't, you know? She, got... she had no respect. I just like that this was like the male slash female viewpoint of the whole yeah. thing. It was like, oh, cool, side chick. And then you're like, uh uh-uh. <laughs> You're the worst. I know. Oh, uh, yeah, yes. they were wrong. Yeah, that, so that, I think that's pretty much like the round off of it. Although I really wanted to know more about Aranea. I had I had a super sweet spot for Aranea. If she was, she was like cool. if she was like the sweetheart of the game, she would have been my sweetheart cuz I loved her so much. I hated her at first, but then after like she's a badass. I want her on my team like all day. I got she's a things, dr- yeah. I got something to say about her for the art, for our like whether like developed characters part. Yeah. 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 Plus she's a dragoon. You got to love dragoons. She yeah, she just looked like a badass. Like everything about Dragoons her. Dragoons look like badasses. Yeah, that, so that's the dream. But I knew that was she was way out of Noctis. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, I kind of wanted to go to bat for Ignis a little bit because I I liked him a lot. Um, really? Okay. Yeah, I feel like he's probably the most understated character of the four, and the least spoken for. Um, I definitely got some um some Giles vibes from him. If anyone out there has watched Buffy, he's like the Giles of the group to me. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of like that, uh, that, that old the guidance. Yeah. The old wise, uh, voice, uh, the voice of wisdom to kind of guide and keep you on track. And I really admired like after he did kind of go blind, um, he was the one to kind of step up and say, Hey, you know, guys, it's all kind of get this all back on track here. You guys are, you know, 
fighting uh, on my behalf. You yeah, know? yeah, fighting. There's a lot of infighting that shouldn't be happening. I'm not going to stand for it. And I'm, I want to continue on this journey, even though this terrible thing has happened to me. And if I slow, slow you guys down, I'm just going to piece you guys out yeah. because I don't want to be a burden to anybody. Um, and I really, yeah, I really uh, admired yeah. that that side of him. Can I just say I like that they did that, too, because like usually those like, you know, those really, you know, in charge guys that like are always so cool. They they never, ever show any weakness. And they actually showed Ignis being weak and, you know, at times. Yeah. And it helped make it not as tropey as just the guy who's always cool headed, who's always collected, who always knows how to get out of everything. Sometimes he couldn't and he was blind and it showed that, hey, he failed somewhat in his side mission to help protect the village of the city and yeah i thought that was great because he, he just wasn't perfect he wasn't perfect you know that's the thing he wasn't he he was he was really cool he was like almost like the, the uncle or the dad of the party even though they're all like the same age but i thought he was awesome so i i yeah i thought he was a cool character too yeah i have a big soft spot for ignis i like him a lot um I think next we wanted to. I was going to talk about what you thought, Noct- whether or not you thought Noctis was like a worthy lead character in the pantheon of Final Fantasy lead characters, and kind of, it kind of stacks up with all of those. I don't know if you want to get into that too much. Sure, absolutely. I okay. absolutely think he's w- well. I mean, he is. He's definitely better than Lightning. And uh, I, I guess so. <laughs> I I mean, he's and Lightning has gotten what eighty-seven spinoff games. Like Noctis deserves a spinoff game, um, yeah. and then. You know, Final Fantasy twelve kind of had like a joint math lead character. There wasn't really like, I mean, Balt. You know, you could say like was Baltier. Baltier was like probably like one of the they say like he was maybe the lead character. Was he a was he a cloud? Was he a you know? Was he a, a Titus? A unicorn? A squall? You know, was well, squall's debatable. I didn't like squall yeah. that much. Yeah. Um, but. I think he absolutely is worthy to be in the conversation of good lead characters in a in a Final Fantasy game. You know, I, I think I I feel like you're just in haters if you don't think he's like up there because I felt like he was probably one of the more honestly I felt like he was one of the more identifiable characters yeah. from a regular human real life mm-hmm. standpoint than any yeah. of them. You know, that's what I liked about him. They really ground. It was a first real grounded character. He was like, okay, I got to be the king. I don't know if I can. I love my bros, but I'm nervous, and you know it was just it was just it was just very cool. Yeah. It, was, it was I just like to see a more grounded character like that. In in the world of Final Fantasy, it's always these very uh, dramatic. I don't want to say tropey characters, but for leads, they're usually just like this kind of hint of this hint of magic. Or no, they're ethereal. Too. They're like ethereal. It's like you yeah. can't touch them. You know. And this was it just felt like oh it felt like this is some dude at at college or something you know right then he i met this guy he, then he became you know he came all powerful at the end like at the end of the game when he's looking at arden he's like get off that throne that's for the king oh that's i love still, that line oh that still gives me goosebumps i was like yeah. that's right boy i'm the king like oh <laughs> thank, yeah thank you like some like, lead character that's actually is just like yes i'm going to live up to my destiny instead of being like you know oh gosh like i can't be the king like you know he was always like no i know i'm supposed to be i'm just a little nervous and when he like i'm waiting like, yeah now he's like oh no i'm gonna be the king i love that moment too because it really defines his his um his growth and development as a character mm-hmm. because he's questioning can i do it do i want to do it and then he's like i guess i'm doing it and then it became i am doing it and get, this is mine i want it you know thank you yes yeah. it's very noble too when you consider everything he has to sacrifice mm-hmm. um yeah. like i'm not sure if they explicitly state it outright but uh, after like you know he sacrifices himself or whatnot i think he 
like the, his entire family line ends up getting sacrificed to kind of wipe out Arden at the end. That's what, yeah, yeah, that's what me and Joe were talking about is that basically there's no other heir for that family. Yeah, because uh, all the, the kings of Lucis end up kind of sacrificing themselves as well along with, with the ring. So maybe that was like the whole prompt of the end. I mean, I guess we're kind of here already, but just the prompt of how to destroy this long battle was that mm-hmm. instead of procreating it had to end with right you and they, and, and they had to procreate to get to him because he was the actual real king and everybody knew that he was the one that was going to end it if you will mm-hmm. like that was the whole reason the for, yeah like I, I believe that's what like they were all saying like that was the chosen one and it ends with him so it makes perfect yeah. sense yeah so I just, I just thought it was very worthy obviously worthy since he was so noble and sacrificed everything and didn't really shy away from it he's like I know what I gotta do and I'm gonna right I'm gonna do it right absolutely okay um now we can get into that uh lack of lack of development for for any side characters and I kind of wanted to start off with Ravis because I think he's the biggest offender of it Mm -hmm. um uh there's definitely Luna Frey is in there as well her uh her his sister um, but let's start off, yeah, with Ravis because they sort of give you a little bit of his motivations in the Kingsclave movie, because he was sort of left there along with Luna. Yeah, he was just left while they ran away. <laughs> yeah, and that like the burning forest or whatever that attack was. Luna was left too. She wasn't all pissy about it. Yeah, she was. <laughs> yeah, she didn't like, hold hold on. a big grudge like that. You yeah. love Luna. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, she's all right, but damn. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it's just weird how Ravis like ends up changing his mind at the end. Uh, he's like, "Oh well, I guess he is going to be worthy. I hope he proves himself worthy." Here's a sword. Oh wait, I'm dead. You didn't see how it happened. Yeah, it's like, yeah, exactly. I mean, I think everybody who played that game and followed the development obviously realizes that it was obviously some sort of just piece together ending that they kind of had to just put together. And he was a very cool character in the sense of like, I I, I always enjoy the bad guys if you will that feel like they're doing something noble like he always felt like he was doing something good Mm -hmm. you know he just didn't know if this guy was bad and i like that the fact that he kind of like changed his mind but was always willing to listen to his sister you know he was against him but he was listening to her but yeah to to kill him off the way that they did was disappointing i mean there are a couple other characters that i thought were really left out in the lurch too like core yeah core apparently had a way bigger um uh thing to do in the story he had a way bigger part to play that got cut way, way back, apparently. I, think I remember reading that, yeah. Um, he was... And then, let's just... You know, it's kind of like the elephant in the room, but... The Emperor? Where did he go? Like, like he died? You ended up... You ended up killing him, right? He was one of the monsters you killed in Chapter 13. Wait, what? Wait, 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 wait. What are you talking They about? never tell you, but the Emperor of Niflheim, he's one of the bosses in Chapter 13 you end up killing. So then, is the emperor is the emperor the guy that's also hanging up with? Uh, remember we were looking at he had all those like puppeteers. He had. Um, oh, she's talking about when Arden. Noctis goes to see Arden on his throne, and like there are people hanging from the ceiling. You is have that one hit, of him, or is he that? No, other guy no, hanging? because you killed him. He was a, he turned into a demon, and you killed him. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Oh. Now I kind of I I honestly that might have even flew over my head. Because I remember them saying, like, you kill him, and I just didn't remember which specific boss it was. It was before you hit up Ravis, before you take on him. And that's a problem. It's like... Yeah. 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 It's like, like, I shouldn't have to scour GameFAQs.com on forums to figure out what happened. And it was like, he was the freaking emperor. Like, I need to know, like, how? 
why I would have liked to seen it happen. I would like to see his reactions. I want to see Ravis in this epic battle and then dying. Like, you know, there was just... Yeah, he was just, like, already gone. When you show up, he's, like, laying there dead, basically. And then he's like, kill me! And it's like, okay, like, yeah, I'll kill you. But what happened, bro? That was just... And then, of course, we talk about Aranea, who was like, I'm gonna kill you next time. Hey, we're bros. It's like, what? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, well, she was a mercenary, though. She was just Yes, I I get that. But I'm just like, I really wish I could have seen more of her, like, I don't know. Like, why she changed her mind. Yeah, like, her turn. Well, I mean, she's a mercenary, and I get that. But, like, just watching, like, watching it turn. You know, I guess... Because didn't they say that the dark world? I don't know if I'm, if this is right. I might be misquoting, but like the dark area when you when you come back as Noctis was going to be almost like the second half of the game, if you will. Like that world was going to be like now you can explore this world. Or second least, half. Yeah. Or at least I sort of felt like it could have been like like the Zelda mm-hmm. Dark World or Final Fantasy VI when the world's destroyed. Like yeah. you can you can kind of now you're on this kind of like second half or maybe third like final third of the game where you're living in this world now. I don't know if I, I I swear there was something about that. I would have been really cool. I don't know. Yeah. I know the name of that chapter. Or maybe I wish it would have been because that would have been I think awesome if you were then like doing the hunts and everything it's like depressing and dark, <laughs> but you're like yeah. fighting through it and you're like with the guys again and you get more powers because now you're ten years older. You know, it's like you go ten years and then you're still using the same like level. Like you know, it's like oh, okay, it would have been cool if there were like even more elements of like gameplay. Like I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But at the same time, that 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 ten year jump, there was so much that they could have shown you. Even show me a cutscene. That's fine. Yeah. Not just a sleeping. Show me a cutscene of what's going on in the world. You know. Hmm. Uh, that that whole ten year gap is so ripe for DLC. It's not even funny. Oh yeah. god. Oh, yeah. It's, it's it's so apparent. <laughs> it's so yeah. apparent. I wonder if that's where the, that like co op gameplay is going to take place or wherever that's going to be it's probably going to be in the, the the good time period i guess but mm-hmm. i'm interested to see where they fit that in with the lore of the if you're like are you part of that like group those the hunters group i'm assuming i'm assuming that's what you're going to be you're going to make one of those hunters and then go right. out in the world and fight anyway sorry maybe justin will get his dream of playing as iris the badass demon slayer right yes please <laughs> or just fight with her that's all i need <laughs> um, which that was a cool little nod to Final Fantasy VI, the Chapter Fourteen title. Oh yeah, yeah. World of Ruin, that was pretty cool. Absolutely, yeah. Um, let's see who else. There was also, you remember when you were taking down the Niflheim bases, like the character Loki. Um, like he just completely dropped off the face of the world too. Apparently, like yeah. you never see him again. Like so many villains and just side characters just come get completely just dropped that's that's definitely where i think a big part of the story just starts to well maybe maybe the world and the story start to really like become more uh it's more apparent at that point i suppose that the the development of this game was like all right you need to you need to hurry this shit up or this shit needs to you know be cut in half or something you know to get this game out because i feel just with Ravis alone, there's mm-hmm. such a big a big act of um, treason almost with him. And then he's obviously battling between his loyalty to his sister and the loyalty to who he's partnering up with and just the motivations behind that. And then you find him just dead and it's like, okay, well, he was... I Whatever, guess that's I guess someone else's matter. problem. I yeah. guess it don't matter anymore. And, Absolutely. and that's, that's what hurts so much about you know talking about this game and the story when it comes to the characters is... There are so many characters and situations and story that needed so much more coloring than what we got. And it's disappointing because I feel Final Fantasy and Square Enix are, I would assume, better than that. If they gave 
what is it, 13? Like two games, three games? Yeah, that's the thing that really sucks is they is, gave the trilogy to 13. They should have gave it to this game, but yeah. they're not going to because of how the first trilogy performed basically yeah it's a very double-edged sword because i am very happy that this game is here nonetheless i'm just so so sad that it came out in such a just yeah. you know, at the end a very disorganized piece you know especially because the characters you you see so much you see so much end in the end of certain things and characters and you're just like oh i didn't even know who that guy was but apparently he's dead or right you know it, it's, it's it's a very frustrating thing um, with with seeing how these characters kind of end up, or seeing their lack of motivation, or like you're saying, the dude, the emperor, whoever, like what, what was his motivation? Why was he doing it? Like yeah. what was he getting out of it? Was oh, he, he in, wanted the was power he in of the crystal with Arden? Like was Arden and they're all after the crystal that Lucis was defending. Like, it's just so weird. Like why? What's I don't even know what the significance of the 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 crystal was until we watched videos about it. You know, and I'm just like, what's the fucking they, crystal, anyways? The crystal is like powers everything. Yeah, but in what playing the game, I definitely just layers like, a fucking crystal that he's in now. Like that's <laughs> it. Like you know, maybe that's that's my fault for not really understanding or they, maybe they, paying they, attention. But yeah, they tell you a couple times what the crystal is. But it's just yeah, like but it's it's just a weird weird afterthought. You know, honestly, not understanding certain parts of the story is not on you. There's definitely no. an obvious you know opportunity for how they told the, these stories because yeah it's like the second hand man that's always the evil villain in jrpgs like arden usually you see a, a scene where you you, fee, you see the betrayal <laughs> of the of the of the lead of like the, yeah. the the emperor you see that happen you know but there's again, it's yeah it is what it is yeah there's um a lot of uh, at least three now that i've counted um similarities but similarities between arden and kefka now hmm because they both succeeded in kind of destroying the world, and they were both um, like secondhand men, right? Because you had the evil emperor in six, mm-hmm. and then they're, I guess Noctis calls him a jester, like, yeah, like get off my chair, jester. jester. Yeah. Oh, I think that's a, a direct man. reference. That's like probably one of my favorite lines in the game. I was telling Camille that because we were kind of refreshing ourselves this morning. I'm like, that's probably one of my favorite lines. Was that line right there? But he calls him a jester, and I'm wondering if that's like a direct reference to Kefka or not. Because, I mean, like, Arden is sort of, like, he dresses de- very differently from everyone else. But I wouldn't know if he's, like, an out-and-out jester or something. Or if he was just calling him, like, a clown, like, hey, you're being stupid. Or, you know? Well, they also, in king and queen uh, terminology, it's a big part of that kind of, uh, I don't know, culture. Come to entertain the king. It's a big, it's a big like, hand-in-hand thing. It's oh, like of, like, a monarchy? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, I think, a big part of it. He's, like... Yeah. You're you're obviously not meant to be here. You're here to entertain us, not to be one of us. Uh not to be the king. Yeah, like, like, like a court jester. Right. The court mm-hmm. jester entertains the king. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So it's more of like yeah, you're it's the, like a political you're, oh, you're overstepping your bounds is what yeah. he's trying to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically was okay. calling him a lower social class, basically. Like <laughs> you're okay. my you're, you're my servant. Like you yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. oh, man, the king since they oh that's such a good line. Yeah, either way. So in so many different ways. Um <laughs> as much as there was basically no interactions or no real um i guess story arc for luna freya i do feel like they kind of fucked over that character she was yeah the square Nix, uh, kind of wasted her i think the, yeah. the most for the, for, for the potential for the hype of like the i feel like you heard her name so much in the game and then like for her fate to be what it was for you to have very little payoff to feel anything for her fate yeah it was just i felt like they really uh they they really fucked over just 
when, anything to do with her. When she died, no one, or at least I didn't care. I don't know. I can't speak for anyone else. But when she died, I was like, oh, okay. Well, then that would have been that would have been better if like she had more interactions with not yeah. just in person. And and I one thing that bothered me, and this is uh, this happened like once or twice throughout the game, is that they gave you all these scenes with Luna Freya after she had passed, and I'm like, why didn't you give this to the audience beforehand so that they actually cared and felt something when she left, and then. That's even the same for the post-credit scene where you see Noctis talk to his guys at the campfire one last time. Like that was so important, and for you to not have that information going forward to the final battle, knowing that his bros know this is it, like that would have been so much more meaningful. And um, I just I wish they would have played these things in order because that for me was so out of context. And then it, at the end of it, it's like, well, she's gone now, so who cares? <laughs> like we're we're past that conversation. Um, I I just I really wish that she had more more um, screen time and development because I feel so much had to happen for that character uh, to even be in the game and then for her to just kind of be pushed aside and then when she passes so much happens because of it and it's like Mm -hmm. there's so much around this character but very little of her in the game yeah she plays a a really important role as an oracle which i mean who what even is an oracle they don't right in the game for sure she can converse with these astrals and call them forth but what does that really mean like is that all it is to being an oracle like there's a lot of i feel like they should have made an anime about her like (laughs) she has so much interest you know and actually plays a, a plays a role enough to where things happen when she when she does stuff you know well, yeah and like this and 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 informing the 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 player that you know her death is the last piece that withholds like basically the the flood hole the floodgates from opening as far as like the darkness taking over the world yeah like, her exactly. dying was like no this is not just bad for her dying this is bad for the actual world something yeah. else i learned after kind of reading more about the story and what her character was and yeah she was almost actually in my list of characters you disliked not because i just didn't like her just because i just didn't know much more about her and that's yeah. why i like iris more okay thank you <laughs> um more screen time anyway um <laughs> But yeah, I, I don't know. But I, I yeah, I, I thought she was a pretty cool character. I didn't mind her when she was there, but I really wish yeah. the weight of what she brought to the whole world was yeah handled a bit eh, better. Yeah, and that, that's that's definitely you know how I see things too. Is she like you're saying after she died, the world went dark. Like that's got to say something, you know. And then uh, same with you don't really learn much about who Shiva is until after the same. So it's like. There's yep. there's so much revealed and it, it's it's very unfortunate that she's yep. you know not a part of like part this of that is this was not Eris's death like let's just let's no just, I, <laughs> they tried to make it like that a little bit but not it Aris. did not land no it was mm-hmm. there was no it was like oh Luna's gonna <laughs> die okay that sucks sorry not yeah <laughs> yeah there's okay, a lot of weird yeah a lot of weird comparisons there but yeah, yeah. that's that's definitely something I just I wish there was. I wish there was more of a connect story-wise with her, so. Okay. Rip. Rip Luna. (laughs) R.I.P. in peace. All right. I guess if no one else has anything to say about lack of development, um, I wanted to. We've we've said plenty. (laughs) Oh, I mean, if you have anything else, go for it. Oh, no, no, no. I'm just saying. Okay. So I wanted to kind of move the the podcast in a more uplifting direction and talk about our um, favorite story moments or anything that was sort of memorable uh, to you. And I will start off by saying... Um, the Leviathan fight was probably the first time where I was like, oh my god, this is so goddamn epic. I love every, everything about this. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that was cool. All the, all the, you know, all the astral fights were pretty ridiculous. Yeah. Um, Bahamut coming down and 
making eye contact with Noctis with threw the sword at him. That that moment yeah. particularly was just wow, that was cool. Um, from a gameplay standpoint, though, honestly, early on in the game, the first kind of side dungeon I stumbled upon was the one near Hammerhead. The first one that you probably go to with like all the goblins in it, and just how they were like interacting with each other and being like, "What's around this corner?" and 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 it was so cool to see characters responding to a dungeon the kind of way you as the player respond to the dungeon. It's like, yeah, they each had um, uh, unique dialogue for like every specific Every dungeon. single dungeon, like the one where you climb up the mountain and not and Prompto's making jokes about being tired and then Gladio's like, you know, you know, he's all like, you already out of breath, you know, like like being all like Gladio. And, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, but like that first dungeon where you're like, you, <laughs> there was one, per, uh, there's another moment in the dungeon where they enter this big room and he's like well this is a pretty uh, ignis is like oh this is a big room and then prompt was like yeah perfect for a boss fight and i was like and then a boss happens and you're like thinking the same thing as like the player i i, I just loved all the little dungeons and how they kind of chatted throughout them i think that was like those are my favorite moment to moment impact i think it's some of the best dungeon design in any rpg i've ever played to be honest there were some parts there are some dungeons that felt like a little mazy but for the most part i thought they were they were really cool, and the, all the environments were so exciting to walk through. So I think that was my favorite. All the little side dungeons and stuff. Some hunters were, were cool. They were very um, unique. Like they all were very distinct. I mean, like you had your cavern, you had your mountain, you had your jungle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you had, I guess, mines. Like yeah, you, there, there were there were a lot of different um, different dungeon designs. So that was that was pretty good. Well, one thing I was gonna say about the um. Uh, Leviathan fight was that I guess a lot of um, a lot of the early promotional material had kind of spoiled the hell out of that fight, which I stayed far the hell away from <laughs> and, and wasn't even aware of it. So I had no idea. So that was completely a shock to me. I, I did media blackout pretty much about a month Sa- before that came out. I was or even months before. Same here. Like I watched the uncovered event and played the platinum demo. The platinum demo, and that was basically all the information I had going going into yeah. the game. So that definitely helped with with, with that fight. Um, uh yeah, I'll, I'll throw it to Camille for now, but I'm pretty sure I have others to uh, to talk about later. As far as favorite moments, it's definitely um, like you guys are saying the dungeons. I mean, there are some really really unique dungeons that I mean, I'm not a veteran player by any means with you know what a dun- dungeon should be, but it definitely intrigued me as to what their what Final Fantasy has to offer in the realm of dungeons and maybe other games. But the dungeons and any astral uh, interaction you had, even when you're battling and they come show up, was just such a damn treat. And even, I don't know, it was just so funny seeing how these things just happen. And even after a while, your characters interact with with that. You know, they'll address it like, man, I'll never get used to that. Or, Or, man, that's I can get used to this now. Some of my other favorite parts about the game... It's as simple as interactions, you know, the the character interactions that happen while you're playing the game uh, during gameplay. Like some of those interactions are some of the most memorable things for me, even outside of uh, your, your cutscenes, because they're just little things that they say that are addressing your actions or addressing where you are, or where you're going or what tasks you have at hand. And, and those little things add up to such a big thing, because by the end of the game, I feel like I know these guys. I know what they're going to say. When they say it, I'm like, of course you said that because you're Gladio. Of course you said that because you're Prompto. And those things really did make such a difference when you get to endgame and you have all these feelings and thoughts about 
the journey you had and it is it's a very special moment of feeling like I'm close to them because I feel like they know I guess me as an actress and I know them as their own characters and it's a lot of the little little stuff that really made it for me yeah like I, I would say um as far as like the little things for me that that, that made it was the first time in Hammerhead when it's the acoustic guitar music and you walk into the actual diner and it changes to like electric guitar mm. yeah. and drums. Like that was a really nice touch. Um, I really liked uh, the first time you end up going to Altitia before you start walking around and get lost in the maze that is that stupid city. Like the, just the, the visuals of like going there and going through like uh, the, the water tunnel. Yeah. And like yeah. I just go in there. It was very, very memorable. Oh, that was, yeah, that was amazing. Um, I think the... It was like that. It was it ended up being in the episode the sky demo. But when you go fight the 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 blind dude, the blind behemoth guy. Yep. I, I forget his name, but he like his, one of his eyes was clawed out. Like that whole like scripted oh, yeah. sequence reminded me of like something out of Jurassic Park or something. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, that was that was a pretty epic moment. I also liked a couple side quests that stick out to me. One was funny. One was pretty epic. Was when you were doing that. Um, you were finding this nest and you had to like pick up something without this like gigantic bird seeing you or something like yeah. that. Yeah, that yeah. was pretty cool. And I wish there was like more of moments like that. And then the the funnier one was when Prompto and Noctis were taking a selfie in front of that big enemy that kept getting closer. Like Prompto wanted a selfie. Did you guys do this one? I don't think so. Uh, so there. Okay. Well, cool. This is cool. This is a side quest where you Prompto wants to take a picture by the lake. And those big old enemies that were in the lake, They're those okay. huge ones. And he said, go stand in front of it. But to get a really good picture, I want to wait till he gets really close to you. I think this was from a camp. I think this was when you go camping and like he'll ask you, hey, can we go take a picture like in the yeah. morning? And then you go with him on this quest to take a picture. Well, the goal was to stand there and then pose for the selfie as close as this monster who can basically one shot you gets. And it was just kind of hilarious the way they were acting, interacting with each other on that so that was a really cool one i, I it, it triggered when i went to a camp and then prompto bugged me to go take a picture with him in the morning that's how it happened that was a really funny quest oh and my last one that was more infamous and as you guys might have seen tied in with my final photography selection was the cup of noodles quest did you do gladio's cup of noodles yeah quest? that was one big advertisement for Side cup of noodles, and i loved it us. man that cup of noodles that beef and those ingredients oh my gosh i was like this is the worst thing i've ever yeah. heard and it was amazing and hilarious <laughs> at the same time i almost didn't even hate it it was like so bad that it kind of wound back around to being amazing because it was just ridiculous that they tied in a freaking cup of noodles with an actual side quest in the game. Memorable. Favorite? Probably not. But very memorable <laughs> moment in that game for me. Yeah. And that's why it was my picture and my certificate of completion. <laughs> uh, I think uh, one of my final favorite moments in the game is was actually a hunt. And you have to find a Toneberry. And he's by one of those caves with the the armager weapons. And he's basically you have to fight him at nighttime, and he's like super, super mm. overpowered. Mm. And um, he's like he's like jumping around like a, a Jedi. He has a lightsaber. <laughs> he's like a lightsaber, basically, like a legit like lightsaber. And, and he's just hopping him. around like he's Yoda. And it was. I don't remember that? I didn't do that one. It was literally the most ridiculous like ridiculous hunt i've ever been on and the dude just like one shots me like right away too and that, another reason i like that was because the entire game up until that point i never figured out how to get leviathan to show up because he never showed up for me uh -huh. or she and um 
when I started this fight with the Toneberry, he one-shots me, so I'm basically about to die, and then the prompt comes up. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to summon whoever's coming. And like instantly it inst- popped up. Yeah, instantly. And I'm like, oh, it's Levy. I just had to, you know, basically get one shot for this to even happen. That was fun. Oh, man, that's awesome. Yeah, good times. Um, probably one of the biggest memorable moments for me was the Pityos Ruins, but we're going to talk about that a little while later. So we're going to have like our own little section about that place, but that place deserves its own, I cool. think, discussion. Yes. Um, okay, moving on, uh, just sort of your thoughts on, um, transitioning from the open world to Altitia and the story from chapter 9 to 14. I think we covered that pretty much, um, how we, we felt it was just, you like blew right through, it was so condensed and it was like, yeah, a change of pace wasn't really the best thing for the game. It's interesting that they definitely made it so linear, but they still let you totally go back and experience yeah. the open world if you wanted to, you know? I mean, at least they let you do that. Because, like, if you really did want to just finish everything in the side quest, I hate when RPGs, you reach that point where you just can't go back or do anything because it's like, well, screw you. You already you already opened that one door that triggered the next 18 hours of not being able to go back. So at least they gave you that. But, yeah, yeah. I really like the... I missed the open world exploring a lot. What's up next is I wanted to talk about the Star Scourge um, and how it affected Arden and, and kind of made him who he was. Did you kind of get get any of this? Because I was watching um, watching a video uh, by Final Fantasy Peasant on YouTube, and he was talking about how... The, remember that magazine that you can look at? at the Golden Key, it's kind of sitting on the yeah. little uh, cu- uh, cushion over there. But you look at the cover, and it's basically what he was uh, positing was that it was Arden being uh, crowned as kind of like the healing prince and you have Gentiana in the background she was like there as well and it's like kind of the start of him being what he was which was like the healer of the star scourge and kind of taking all these demons into himself and corrupting himself over time right um so yeah so I just like wanted to kind of work that out because I get, did you kind of um deduce all that from the story because I remember when I was playing the scene, it all it all happened so fast, and he was just like dropping this information dump right. on you, and like you really don't have that much time to process it before everything kind of happens. Oh yeah, I didn't know. I had no idea what was wrong with Arden. I mean, I, all I knew was he was immortal and he had spite and he wasn't the chosen one or something like that. But I'm just like, what the heck does that even mean? And yeah, I did a lot of reading about it because yeah, learning that oh okay, so he was chosen, but he wasn't quite the right one. But he you know defeated them, but then he was mad <laughs> because he wasn't the chosen one to defeat Ifrit or whatever. Um. Yeah, I that was that was just like bleh, here it comes. Like yeah, did that kind of go over your head at that point? Absolutely. I yeah. <laughs> like I mean, in, in in the sense that like I kind of understood that. Okay, I get that he was sort of like slighted by that. I kind of understood that. But then the fact that <clears throat> people like some fan theories were like. Well, actually, Arden wanted a way to die, and that's why he became bad. Because it's like, why is he leading Noctis everywhere exactly where they need to go to find him or get his powers? Why is he helping him if he doesn't want him to actually end up fighting him and defeating him? If he's just a spiteful revenge person. Like, you know, of course, there's a whole bad guys like to draw it out for some odd reason. But, yeah, but yeah you didn't get this. You There's no way you could get the, the, the fine, nuanced portions of this story just from playing the game absolutely not a chance well well not from playing it just once i think like well, i yeah, think all, or at least just once 
yeah, all the information is there for you to, if you know what to look for and right. like how to interpret things. It's there, but it's very dense and it's very like they expect you to kind of like know what 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 everything is at the first time. Absolutely, yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so Arden, uh, way way back when, apparently it was like thousands of years ago. Apparently, I I don't know if this is confirmed or not, but he ends up taking all these demons into himself uh, to cleanse a star scourge, which apparently uh, Ifrit or Ifrit kind of brought on mankind for um for revenge for something that happens with him so he brings us the star scourge and arden uh takes all these demons into himself he cleanses mankind and then he, he ends up becoming corrupted the king at the time doesn't really appreciate what he's doing and exiles him which kind of starts him in on his whole revenge kick but the the big twist which i didn't really understand either was that he was um like noctis's great great ancestor because he was he was in the line of mm-hmm. Lucius Calum to become king, and then was exiled from that line, which is why he's so spiteful and so desiring of revenge. So maybe that makes sense why, um, basically, Noctis had to, you know, die for because he was immortal. He had become immortal, which is why to wipe all. What that I'm saying though is, since they are from the same cloth, the same lineage, to end this guy's reign, you have to end it potentially. I don't know. Because isn't that what the whole ring thing is for, too? Is, isn't that some kind of connection to him? Like, does the, th- this is why other... This is where a story starts to fall the fuck apart. <laughs> what the fuck does the ring have to do with anything? Like, what what really did it have to do with anything? Uh, I'm not sure. I don't remember. Nobody knows. I'll have to Great. look into it, but <laughs> I know, know there's a reason. some king needs jewelry. You know how it is. <laughs> the bling. Yeah. Um... Yeah, no, it's it's and like we've said, yes, we probably could learn this from replaying it a few times, but there, yeah, there's everything just so you just, much. Everything you just explained, Joe, I was like, okay, that makes sense. I get it, and I got that, and I and I read about that too. Like when we were leading up to this podcast, I started diving into the lore, and I was just like, oh, right, and it does they, make you kind of want to re-experience it just to kind of mm-hmm. see it from that perspective. So, but. Um. Didn't. Did not get and what, that first playthrough. No, no. Oh God, no. They don't. It, it's just. It's not clear enough. It's very, right. very confusing. But uh, one thing you're saying, which I was wondering as well, that was cleared up when I was kind of uh, rewatching the cutscenes today, was why Arden was helping you. And it's sort of like a quick line that he just says. He's like, "Oh, well." Get, he's like, "Go on, Noctis. Get in the crystal. It's not satisfying enough for me. If yeah, you're yeah. off to just kill a mortal, right? To kill a mortal, because he could have killed Arden. Could have killed." He could have killed Noctis in a second if he wanted to. Yeah. With, like, the snap of his finger. But he wanted to uh, have satisfying revenge to kill him on equal ground. Yeah. So that's why we think he, at least in terms of why he powered Noctis up, was so that he could fight him on some equal level and footing so that there was the satisfaction of, all right, we'll see who is the real chosen one now. And then he still ends up And there's probably... Yeah, yeah. And there's which a de- is the arrogant, like your arrogant villain guy. Yeah, there's a degree of hubris in there for sure. Yeah, for sure. Totally fair. That's the I call that the Vegeta complex from Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, he wanted <laughs> he wanted to test himself, so I get that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and, and, but at the same time, I felt like yeah, and I, and I guess with Arden, he was such a you. I, I I thought he was such a cool character. I was trying to see like, you know, maybe he had some like higher, you know, 
because he was seemed so intelligent and like tricky and stuff like that. Like there was like I kind of like I, I almost started comparing him almost to like the Joker as well. Like he's right. just he just likes the chaos too, and yeah. it's like he doesn't know what to do with like <laughs> with like the, the hero, the bad guy, and like he thinks he needs him just as much as he as as you know as Noctis needs to like defeat him or whatever. So yeah, and I can definitely understand that as a character as his character would go. I yeah I can totally understand that. Um, yep. But I always say, well, if I was a villain, I'd just be like, I'm just going to, here, you're dead. There. All right. Game <laughs> over. Done. The world right? is over. I win. Like, <laughs> why do they do that? <laughs> I feel like uh, outside of the main four, he got the most character development or was mm-hmm. the most defined character. Maybe he wasn't yeah. well developed, but he, you knew who he was in his personality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Um, for sure. All right. If uh, no one else has anything to add, uh, we can move on to the, um, the Pity Us Ruins section. Oh, yeah. All right, so there is this post-game dungeon called the Pityos Ruins, which everyone who plays the game should go play. Camille played it before I did. You finished it first. Yeah, it took me like twice as long, though. <laughs> yeah, you're saying it took her like nine or ten hours or something like that. <laughs> yeah, it was um, bad. It took me like five or six. Yeah, um, it took me five or six-ish. <laughs> I, I, I'm mad at you, Joe. You set me up, man. <laughs> Wait, what? Okay, no, no. Let's go. Let's go over this. What? What did I do? Because I, I knew you wanted to play it, or I knew you should play it, because everyone messing. should play it. I'm just messing, because like you know, just for the podcast, he's like, oh, you should do this optional side quest, and I'm like, okay, optional dungeon, cool. All right, I can knock out dungeons. I'm overpowered. I'm overleveled. Whatever. And then I asked him. I was like, okay, so like, what's like, what's like the level of the dungeon? You know, because again, I media blacked myself out. I didn't look at guides or anything. You know, I played the whole game dark, and you know, he was like, oh, well, the levels won't matter, and I'm like, that's weird. I've never seen a Final Fantasy dungeon where levels don't matter. Yep. <laughs> and I'm yep. like, what the heck does that mean? And I'm like, okay. So I was like, it was like Thursday night. It was about 9, 10 p.m. And I was like, awesome. Like, I was like, let's just let's just knock this dungeon out. You know, I got a couple hours. I can be up to like midnight and that's totally fine. I just knocked this out. <laughs> and then as the clock struck 3 a.m. and I'm finally reaching the end of this dungeon, I was like, holy crap. Because, you know, Final Fantasy, you can't save your progress in a dungeon. Once you no. start, you should finish it. You can rest mode it in PS4. You can rest mode and resume, but I didn't trust it, you know. So I'm mm-hmm. like, I done put in like three hours into this thing already. So, no, it's really not your fault, Joe, because I'm glad that you kept it uh, unspoiled for me because I had no idea that this thing was going to be basically the length of most indie 2D platformers, for crying out loud. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? It was it was definitely experience, but... Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I I think, Camille, I would love to hear your thoughts on this before I dive into it, because I'm going to okay. just talk and talk. So you go ahead. Go for it. Since you were the first. The Pit Eos Ruins. The Pit of Eos Ruins. The Pit of Eos. Um, it was unique. It was definitely a very pretty, a certain type of certain rooms yeah well i just told you i'm like oh there's this cool thing you should probably do i didn't tell her anything about it either right no you well you told me it was a dungeon that like a lot of people like a lot of reviewers or whatever were really praising so yeah i said it was it's a really cool place that you should do yeah no you made it clear as a dungeon oh yeah no really cool dungeon you should play but so i was just like whatever i guess i'll do this because joe did this whole thing where he once i got into post game stuff He's like, all right, we got to get your car. We're taking you right there. I'm like, what the fuck, dude? I just got out of this game. <laughs> so he takes me to the place right away. Mind you, he drives me there. So I have no idea how to get out. So I had to get out on my own. It was a mess. But anyway, so he gets me there. 
And he's like, yeah, this is a really cool place. You should have a look. So I'm like looking around. I'm like, all right. Well, he's like, all right, I'm going to work now. Or I think something like that. Like you think you. No, no, I was home all day. You were? Yeah. I know you had to leave for something. No, I sat on this computer and stayed on the computer while you played the entire game, played the entire dungeon to my left. And I had to like not look at the screen for the entire day (laughs) to not be spoiled. Yeah. So basically, well, I felt like you left because I was like in the game. It was on a (laughs) Sunday. It it was a Sunday. You played from like (laughs) one in the afternoon until like 11 at night or something like that. It was. Yeah. And then I played it right after her. Such a task. Um, But yeah, it was, it was such a weird, weird experience experience like i said though it is it has really really cool visuals the wall of death if you call it the demon wall was so cool or doom train as people uh theorize mm. it's just there's a lot of real cool visuals and very different puzzle solving everything i mean they had everything in it so much shit that i just like could have really done without but as a as a dungeon and as a puzzle solving piece it was really fun I just think my, my main gripe with it was that it was not smooth and it does not feel good as a platformer because the game is not a platformer and it you're playing not. it very much as that and it was so goddamn frustrating because I know what I gotta do but I could not execute it and I was doing the same shit over and over because <laughs> I kept falling because I kept missing things because I just was and even after a certain point I'm like I'm never gonna do this I'm never gonna beat this because like how? How? Like, I just, my mind can't do this. (laughs) It was very, very tiring. It was rewarding, but goddamn, if that was not one of the most, like, most frustrating and rewarding, yet longest puzzles I've ever done in any game. (laughs) It was so good. Oh, God. So, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. All right. Um, So, that feeling you had about, I don't know if I'm going to do this, doing that at, like, 2, 3 in the morning. Yeah. One out of ten would not recommend that feeling. Um, <laughs> like there was a, okay. So let me see if I can. It is so funny how I am completely split as far as like my love for the creativity, the ingenuity of like how they kind of tied it in with lore. When you read more about like where the dungeon kind of came from, and just the overall feeling of like truly feeling like I'm in a dungeon for the first time in my life, is so. Is there such a strong dichotomy to the actual playing of it, which was like legitimately the worst platforming in any video game I've ever experienced and I played Sonic 06 <laughs> like, <laughs> like it was mind numbingly bad at some points like yeah. the one the, the part where right before the, the 2D I'll get to the 2D moment in a second but the one right before you get to the 2D side and you're in that like weird there's like platforms and just a void of space and you're like running up the walls and you're yeah. jumping off the walls I'm like jumping, dude is like twitches one second and then he's just rolling off the thing when I'm just like, why are you doing that? Like, mm-hmm. I felt like for the majority, like 70% of the dungeon I felt like was fine. It wasn't like, it was long, but it wasn't like, I'm going to kill myself if I have to keep doing this. It was just certain, it was just certain pockets of the dungeon that were bad. Yeah. Like the whole, yeah. yep. the whole dungeon wasn't like that bad. It was just long and there were some yeah. puzzles. But when you had that one moment where you're like jumping through and it's just like, this is 15, 10 minutes of jumping that I'm yeah. going to redo the whole part again if I just literally breathe wrong and I my hand twitches this way or that way. Like, in that void place, it was the only part that I sort of looked up because I was just like, am I doing this right? And, like, I looked at a video. I was like, no, okay, I am doing this right because, like, I'm not, I don't want to just keep on doing this wrong for four hours, yeah. you know, and I was. I was just like, I just have to do it. See, and eventually like, you get it. After a while, I'm like, I can't, because I had put at least, mm-hmm. like, 
five to six hours into it and I was like, all right, I'm not fucking, I'm not entertaining this fucking place anymore. I need to have a guide because right. this is too much to be that's trial fair. and error after that's this point. That's fair. You know? yeah, it was that one pocket that I hit that, you know, like I said, the platforming is, you know, it's not a platformer and I love platformers. I grew up on platformers. That's my mm-hmm. main love when I was a kid was platforming and jumping and precise landing and I'm pretty darn good at them I feel like sometimes too. So this was just really driving me crazy. Yep, um, yep. But to get off the negative train, I will say um, the 2D section was probably like I told Joe in a text, I was like, I almost spit, I almost did a spit take when I saw that this, I was like, why is Final Fantasy 2D? This is, this is pretty cool. Like it looked pretty, and the funny part is it actually controlled better, I felt like in 2D than it did in 3D. Yeah. It was weird. Like it didn't feel that bad. It almost felt like a, almost like Limbo or like one of those games that have like really weighty characters when you're platforming. Yeah. It kind of felt good. Um, it reminded me a lot of, uh, have you guys ever played Nier or have you heard of Nier? Um, no. Basically, no. Nier was a game that came out. Uh, it's sequel coming out, Nier Automata, coming out later on this month. But it was uh, a divisive game. Uh, one of my top five favorite video game soundtracks of all time. But they had this section where, like, part of the game switches to like almost like a two D side scroller, and then it switches to like a visual novel, and it's like an action RPG. And it kind of reminded me of that. It's like this the weird Japanese RPG elements. I love that it got a little weird all of a sudden like I'm like I love that because Final Fantasy always is so formulaic in a sense of like you kind of know what you're getting out of every dungeon you go into the fact that I was actually getting something completely different and something I've never experienced in any Final Fantasy I was like thank you so much for doing that but man give me a better just let me warp to the parts that I need to go to or something or make it a puzzle make it more of a I don't know they just their their engine was not susceptible to that type of precise platforming but other than that other than like you know it, like and I would I don't but legit like as bad as it I was saying it was only about 20 to 30 percent of that dungeon I felt was like just really bad as far as gameplay the other parts were totally fine and really interesting to play through it was the the void jumping through the walls and the the woman the climbing up to the woman thing that kind of like those two parts kind of drove me the craziest like I just absolutely crazy because I'm like but, where am I supposed to go or am I supposed to jump oh I'm supposed yeah. to jump on her now that took me like 20 minutes to realize I was supposed to jump on her. Like, because I would always get up to that point where I'm like sitting right in front of the, the, the you know, the lady, I forget her name, but the woman with like the sword and then she falls down. Oh, that is, um, that is the name of the, the, the world, Eos. Eos, yes. So I'm Goddess like, of the Dawn Eos. When I was about to like, I never realized I had, it took me like 30 minutes to realize I had to jump on the thing. Yeah. I kept jumping to my death every time. And so, but other than that, I was fine with it and I thought it was really <laughs> cool. And I can understand how you would, think it was really really neat but it was late and i was cranky and i'm like yeah. i have to beat this before sunday <laughs> so i was like i wish i would have i wish i would have just done it organically on a nice afternoon i didn't have to work at 6 a.m yeah <laughs> oh, Jesus. that was just my fault that was poor planning on my part but uh, yeah see those beams were the thing that the, pissed me off the yeah, most the, oh, the, the work. and they're little they're like one step beam so if you don't fucking get it you go one step over, you're done. Yeah, like oh that, that was my biggest problem. Yeah, the and beams are the You worst. don't know where the center of gravity is because yeah. it's just black behind you and then they're all slanted, so you don't know like where you're going to And then some to. of the beams go like you jump on the top of it or on the the very top where it's just that one little platform. Yeah. And then you got to jump to another part that's a long platform and it's all 
like you're saying, center of gravity, just it made no goddamn sense. I would have that, to, yeah, that holding was down walk was huge. Remembering that I was like, oh yeah, I can walk by holding yeah, down the yeah. button. That was huge. Remembering, oh, I should say one more thing before I let Joe talk about it because I know you kind of dug it, Joe, but um, yeah. which is cool, which is totally cool. I totally understand why you did. Um, one thing that happened to me was at the end, like literally last room, I fell and it warped me back to the beginning of the dungeon, and I didn't realize. And there are shortcuts. But there was yeah, about yeah. 20 minutes where I'm like, did I just, did I just get warped back all the way? Because like you're at the, you're near the front and the, for some reason, the way I fell literally made my restart checkpoint literally right as you enter the room. And I'm like, what in the God living what is going on right now? Because <laughs> it was like 3.30 and literally it was like 10 more minutes of pu- jumping that I had to do to finish the thing. Um, and that I actually had to look up. There's like, literally there's forms, tons of forms that people were like, I yeah. just fell, help. And then somebody like describing where, and I found a YouTube video that said, literally the title was, what to do if you fall in Pityaz ruins near the end. And I was like, oh, okay, there's the shortcut. And it just wasn't very apparent. And that was, I feel like there was some mm. elements of poor design in that sense. Like if I fall, you should be able to, I should, I shouldn't have to feel so disoriented. Yeah. But it was just, it was just terror. That, that, that it was just, it was absolute legit tear because by that time I'm just like I want to finish this because I felt like such a great accomplishment when I did get it done yeah it sucks that the items aren't oh the Genji gloves are good the black hood is everything man is it everything I mean I hear some people are saying it's almost not even as worth it I I don't know I've just read on forums I haven't used it yet oh I I use it I like literally don't really take it off anymore that's fair cool but I mean it's also good for like end game bosses and stuff so Again, flawed masterpiece. Again, yeah, like, that's what I. Yeah, it's like a microcosm of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was almost like a microcosm of the plot. <laughs> this beautiful, yeah. this beautiful imaginative thing that's just like mishmashed together with terrible gameplay, aka character development. <laughs> yeah. So, so like, what was your first thought when you went in this dungeon? Because you didn't know what to expect. But like, when did it first occur to you? Like, oh, this is something special. This He's is like, like God different. damn it, Joe. <laughs> oh, it was the fact that I thought I beat the dungeon. It was really just the entrance to get into the dungeon. <laughs> Yeah, you do all this stuff. It took me like 45 minutes to open yeah, the thing. And then the title of the dungeon pop up. I'm like, oh, we're just getting started. Wait, I was just, I thought I was in the dungeon. That's what I was yeah. thinking the whole time. Well, okay, so, okay, I will be honest and say, literally waiting till 8 p.m., I don't know how the heck I'm supposed to figure that out without it being told. Was there a hint to that? Because I literally was just like, how do I get in this dungeon? And I, looked I had to look it up. Because like, I was like, there's nothing there. I like ran around for 20 minutes. I'm like, there's nothing here. I, I, I don't know what to do. How do I get in here? You know, because I wanted to finish it, obviously. But yeah, yeah, I think opening it, yeah, that reveal and saying, oh man, I'm just getting started was like, and I think obviously, obviously the special moment was the 2D, but yeah, that, um, that, that big, what did you guys, it looked like the death wall, but whatever, the, the uh, demon the, wall. Yeah. Demon wall. But that, that thing was, that was trippy. That was pretty cool looking. I was like, wow, that's some. I loved how multi-layered it was. And it was literally just like solving. It was multi-layered too. It was, it was, it was cool. When you start realizing, I was just like depths and depths and there's yeah. more and there's more and there's more and, there's, and it, it was cool. And that's what, but yeah, like, honestly, when I opened the door, and realized that the, the dungeon title came up. I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be this is gonna be a chocolate chip." Like that's what <laughs> yeah. I just knew it was gonna be. Strap rough. right in. I knew it was gonna be rough. 
I knew yeah. it. I was like, I will take a. I, I told my wife, I said, I will take a one-shotting boss over this <laughs> any day of the week, please. But then, of course, I was just like, that was more so. It was one of those things where it's like childbirth. You know, going through it is just like the worst thing. But when you like get to the end, it's like, oh, okay, this is worth it because that was a really enjoyable. I mean, this was this was worth it because like ending it and looking back on everything, that was cool. Like you know, that was cool. I just didn't enjoy the experience even though it makes no yeah. sense but it was but amazing in, in the end you're glad for having played it though absolutely no i'm saying like i have no regrets yeah. whatsoever and everybody needs to play it everybody has yep. to play it it's fascinating I, I debated whether or not telling you to wait until nighttime to do it but i decided against it to not spoil like anything at all sure but i like do, would you have rather me told you like oh wait until nighttime i don't know nah, uh, uh. that would have probably wouldn't have mattered either way but if you had said there's like a trick to entering it, maybe I don't know, but nah, it's fine. I like the I like going in it blind. Let me reveal whatever yeah, because I yeah. can Google anything. <laughs> um, what else? I, I I think I mean obviously I love this dungeon. I thought it was probably one of the greatest or the most memorable gaming experiences, almost ever ever, but definitely of the Damn. past like ten years. <laughs> but just when just by the fact of like not really knowing what it is and then. Like, just discovering it and, like, right. the, the sense of wonder. Like, what could be around the next corner? What's this next cool mind-bending trick they're going to do? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I that that was... And my <laughs> my wife, who's sitting behind me, was watching my emotions as I played through each dungeon. And I, I think she was literally, like, stunned at, like, <clears throat> what I was going through. Because she kept on saying, wow, you're still going in this? It's like, wow, you are... Cause she's watching me play often, and you know, usually I can yeah. hold my own in a lot of things. But to see me so visually like affected <laughs> must have been quite a shock to her. I'm gonna silently ask her, wasn't it, Hunt? Yeah, she's nodding. She's nodding. She said yes. She was very because yeah. like, and we woke up the next morning. She was like, "Well, did you complete it?" And I was like, "Yes." Like, <laughs> You're a broken man. Barely. I was very broken. Oh, and work was just hell that day, but whatever, it was fine. But, yeah. Chaos Again, for you, totally man. worth it. Uh, I was I was lucky to have Camille do it before me because if I ever needed help, I was just like, "Hey, wh- I'm like, yeah, wh- I, what's going on with this part?" I literally fell here twenty times each time for each right. section, so I know how to get back. I know the shortcuts. I'm yeah. pretty familiar with this fucking place. Just ask me. There was, I think, two <laughs> parts so in particular I really needed help with, and one was the the beam area mm-hmm. and like where to hit the beams, and then another one was um towards the end where you had to um you're up up really high like the first you go in and then to the right there's like a section you're up really high and you have to like use your sword to land on an area like your jump alone isn't enough you have to actually swing your sword to extend your jump a little bit and i had no idea you should yeah i had to look that up too because i i'm like this should make the damn jump like i don't know it won't let me use the warp move like this is beyond what i know (laughs) what's interesting to me about that is I never, I knew about, I used my sword just to always, as a safety net. Oh, for mm-hmm. jumping? But that was only towards, like, I never really felt, I don't remember which jump it was that was, like, I never felt like there was ever a jump where I had to do it. I can't seem to remember one. Yeah. I did do it every once in a while, but, yeah, I never really used, I, well, okay, so funny thing is one part I looked at, like, the last, because when I was, like, frantic, panicked about having to redo the whole dungeon i saw some youtube video of a speedrunner who completed it in like six and a half minutes yeah and I, saw, and I saw some move he did the beat and i actually did this technique where i like skipped through some of the beam sections by like literally using the sword jump and just dashing through it actually helped it actually wasn't that hard but um but yeah that's interesting um camille i'm like more power to you because i know from like the time we play super meat boy together <laughs> platformers aren't 
<laughs> always your thing. So, but more power to you to like literally like playing that for 10 hours, 11 hours and getting through it. Cause man, I, oh my gosh, I couldn't imagine. Like if that wasn't my genre, I liked platforming a lot. That's why I was like, oh, I'm beating this. Cause like I was prideful, you know, I knew yeah. I could beat it. Cause I love playing platformers. So like a lot, there was at least like three or four times when I seriously just paused and I'm like, how fucking determined am I trying to be? Like, how try hard am I trying to be? Because this shit is just not worth it anymore. I've fallen in this pit at least like 20 times, and it's going to be another 20 before you get it right. So, like, how real are you trying to do this? Like- and I think there's an interesting, and this is my final thought on it for PTS. Like, my wife actually told me she was like, this is, she's like, I don't don't think, this is like this this gamer mentality that you guys have. It's like, for me, it's just like, the story's already done. Why do I care? Yeah. <laughs> like, why, would I, why would I put myself through this? I was like, yeah, there is some, you know, not all gamers are the same, but there is some this level where it's just like, I'm going to beat this regardless because I'm mm-hmm. just going to beat this. Like, it, it was well past, I want to beat this because story and dungeon. It was well, it was more just, I'm going to so I can say that I did. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's pity us. I'm going to beat it so I can say that I did. Yeah. <laughs> that's it in a yeah. nutshell. That, that's, that's what happened. <laughs> you can't justify plus like seven, eight hours into yeah. it and say like, well... I did it for, uh, you know, story. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> we're not going to go into um, or too far in depth into this. I just wanted to kind of point out there's this really cool um, uh, theory video done by Final Fantasy Peasant. Who, uh, um, who we'll link it up in the uh, page. Yeah, we'll link it up. It, it, he gets his uh, material from some Redditor. I, I forget the Redditor's name, but it was basically telling about how the story or how Pityoth Ruins tells the story of, like, and like where the star scourge came from via like this imagery and symbolism of what you actually do in Pityos because there are these cool statues and this cool these cool visualizations and, and things and, and the Pityos ruins so uh, if you're interested check that out we'll link it in the uh, description or in the post cool yeah it was a really cool video I watched most of it it was awesome yeah it's very very thought provoking um, alright so with that we'll uh, move on to our final thoughts. Um, so yeah, just any any final thoughts you have about the game? Uh, some questions I have is: Would you is the game replayable? Would you recommend it to anybody to to newcomers? Just you know, general final thoughts. I definitely would um, submit it, uh, re- uh, recommend it to players, um, especially for players that aren't <clears throat> that weren't on the Final Fantasy hype train. Because I think if you kind of play it as just a regular game, you'll probably enjoy it even more because it doesn't have to live up to this grandiose idea in your head of what a Final Fantasy game is or what an action RPG is. Right. Like, if you're into, like, action RPGs and stuff like that, I think you'd enjoy it. Um, you know, I think there's definitely some fun to be had, especially once, like, the story content gets pushed out. Um, I don't really I don't really think I'd replay it, but I would definitely do, like, the side quests and, like, the tidy up the, the, the bosses. I could just watch cutscenes if I really wanted to get, like, story out of it. But, yeah. um... But as a gamer myself, I know that I truly... I don't find myself replaying a lot of things. Same with movies. Like, I'm a huge film guy. If it's a really important film, I, I space out my rewatches. And I space out my replays because I kind of like re-experiencing a game without knowing everything that's going to happen. So, like, you know, even, like, my favorite games of all times, I've only played a handful of times uh, through it again. So, um, unless there's, like, story changes. Like, you know, like a Mass Effect that I will replay mm-hmm. through instantly. But if it's a kind of, like, a linear narrative that you can't really change much about it, um, unless you can maybe, like, change a build. Sometimes I'll replay if I can change a build. So, I don't think I'd really replay it, but I definitely will 
I will definitely get back to playing post-game content when they release it. Like, I'm really excited to see if this co-op mode is any good. I would totally hunt some monsters with people, even if it's kind of mindless. Yeah. I'd do it. It's kind of like Monster Hunter, which is a game I really like. So if it's if it's like a Final Fantasy Monster Hunter style game, I could get into that. I think it'd be fun yeah, to make sure. my own character and, and do that. Because I love the game, the, the core gameplays of the battle system so much. So replay, probably not, but clean up all the side quests when we get through this crazy amount of games coming out in the next few weeks yeah. um, there's no way I'm doing it right now but eventually I definitely will come back to it <laughs> so well, we have uh, episode Gladiolus coming out in like a little over a month I know right oh, man. So, I'll play that uh, probably when it comes out to be honest oh yeah yeah, they're all gonna have their episodes and you can pinpoint where in the story they're gonna take place too yeah um, anyway what, what about you have any final thoughts on the game um, just reiterating, it's a beautiful, incomplete picture. Um, I don't know if I replay it, it's going to be a very long time, but I do see myself coming back because this is my first, like, legit Final Fantasy game, and this will be forever my Final Fantasy VII in a way for you guys, where this is mm. my first time actually in it, actually playing it, and going along with the emotions of it, and... Um, feeling something kind of important coming out of it. Maybe not like it's the most epic game ever, but just there are things in it that really, really um, made me feel like this game was personal to me. And, I, and it's not something we really talked about much, but just kind of mentioning mentioning it here, uh, the little, the, the final touch and on, on the ending where the credits roll and you see your pictures that you took. And, you know, the picture you took, whether it's, you know, gladiolus and a cup of noodles <laughs> or, you know, just whatever, whatever you chose for that or prompto being like, oh, I remember when we took that picture, we were doing this or, right. oh, yeah, that was a hard fight. Glad we took that. You know, just hmm. this acknowledgement of right. this kind of conversation of this isn't a one way street where it's just me consuming. They're giving it back like they actually remember these things, even if they're just a fucking character. It's. It's this weird illusion of like these are friends and they're real game. people. Yeah, and that it really, really like touched me in a way. Like I felt like, damn, these dudes are really awesome. And at the end of it, it's over. It's it's kind of an emotional, I guess, uh, not like an emotional outcome, but just an emotional, I guess, like I don't know. It's it is emotional in ways, very different ways. And I I did enjoy that kind of touch of personality and just this is for me this is my game this that was our interaction it feels like it's tailor-made for you yeah you know and yeah. i appreciated that so much so um but going beyond that back to the whole point of it is i i would recommend it for first-time players i'm a first time in terms of actual gameplay and um it definitely kept me there for a lot of different reasons the open world the the fun interesting characters when they had them and I'm assuming if you get to this game later, you'll benefit from it more than we will because you'll have more content than we did. Yeah, right. And um, yeah, I I really do enjoy this game, so I'll just leave it leave it with that. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, I I really really enjoyed this game as well. Uh, I think this this the experience is a story of looking. Can you look past the game's flaws to see the bigger picture? And if you can, I think you will be rewarded with a very effective. Uh, if if not sort of confusing story, but effectively or it's effective emotionally. Mm -hmm. 
I would definitely recommend it to definitely to for uh, first timers um, and to, to, to curious people. I would recommend you to take the plunge. Of course, like you were saying, uh, they're going to be way better off than 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 we are with it. Um, in terms of replayability, I don't know if I'll ever go back and do a proper replay from the start, but I know I'm I'm gonna keep coming back to it to a hundred percent it eventually. Uh, it just so happens that I'm doing a really frustrating quest line right now, <laughs> um, which I can't really get into. But if you ever were curious about what those doors were and all the dungeons that you couldn't go into, uh, it has to do with that, and it's very frustrating. <laughs> um, but once I grind my way past that, I'll probably come back and be doing a lot more. But I will be coming back to 100%. It's if I don't do a proper replay. Yeah. Um, so with that, we can move on to um, just some really quick, quick high questions to close it out. Um, have them kind of all over the place here. Uh, the first one, just just quick, like, you know, one, two sentence answers. Um, did you have a favorite Astral? And uh, how many times did you get them to uh, appear in battle? Or how frequent? Or how frequent? Sure. Um, I like Rama a lot. I always kind of do. And I like Rama because he's one of the Astros that's just like, he's cool with the humans. He wants to help out. He doesn't have to like, you know, yeah, like, I'll help you. Like, we're chill. Yeah. We're we're Titans all like, you know, prove your worth and Leviathan's a jerk. And yeah, Rama's (laughs) cool. So I like Rama a lot. And then like his cutscene was baller. I liked how he just hung out there at the end with you for a little bit. Yeah. After he showed up, he's yeah. like, yeah, we're chilling. Yep. We're um, it's so hard to say because I really like Leviathan's um, like cutscenes, mm-hmm. but he was a dick, or she was a dick. <laughs> yeah. But Even um, Titan had to show up and be like, dude, stop being a bitch. Yeah. But Ram, Ram or how do you say his name? Rama. Rama. Some people call him Ramu. I don't know if I agree with that, but oh. I just say Rama. Well, Rama was always there for me. He never needed some bullshit terms to show up, so he's probably my guy. Yeah. <laughs> Squad. Right? <laughs> he's always down. Um, I'd say my favorite is probably Bahamut, though I don't know if, if there is even a way to get her or him to appear in actual battle outside of that Ifrit cutscene. Mm. Yeah, Bahamut um, was awesome. That was probably the only reason why I didn't say it was my favorite, because, yes, yeah, can't really, he like... He didn't show up. By far. That was cool. Yeah, although, like, that... Bahamas probably my favorite summon in general throughout right. the entire series. If it's it, it's close between it's a three-way tie between Odin, Gilgamesh and Bahamut. Okay, that's fair. But uh Pro- Bahamut usually usually wins out there. Um do you remember how many hours you put in the game? Uh it was right around it was like it was 60 hours. Like I after 15? after the wow. dungeon, the Pinas <laughs> dungeon. It yep. knocked it, at, it my timer is literally at 60 hours and like 12 minutes or something like that. So cool. Okay, very nice. Uh, Camille, I know Camille is like north of a hundred. <laughs> um, so yeah, this is this is doing a lot of endgame shit, like a shit ton of endgame stuff, and I'm trying to hundred percent it and get to ninety nine, and that's taking me a long time because I kind of suck at the game. But I am at a hundred and forty seven hours right now. One forty seven. Yeah. Oh wow! I didn't know it was one forty. I knew it was over a yeah. hundred. I didn't know it was that much. <laughs> Holy moly! That has been the only game you must have been playing for the past. Yeah. Um, I took a long break after I beat it because mm-hmm. emotions, <laughs> and yeah, yeah. you know, needed to needed to kind of get through whatever I was feeling about that. But um, yeah, I'm just you know, it's really dumb stuff too. Like I do some really dumb stuff in games, as as you've seen. Like my playstyle. No, so no, no. 
It's just random. It's not that it's dumb. You just die randomly. That's yeah. all it is. You, we yeah. all die about the same amount, but <laughs> you just have a creative way of dying. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm always in weird, dumb situations, and yeah. and then eventually, you know, get through stuff. But um, I'm two achievements away from 100%ing it, so that's the goal is to 100% it and then be done until DLC either piles up or comes out. I don't know if I'm going to play it when it comes out right away, but awesome. I do want to get through it eventually. Well, congrats. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to find my exact hours. I know I'm somewhere in like the 80 to 85 range, but this app is failing me right now. I think I can look it up. I think I okay. beat it at about 54. I think that was my final, like my main story finish was like 50-ish hours. So. Yeah, my completion certificate is 55 hours for me. Yeah, 55. that seems pretty average. Um, yeah, yeah, that, that, that's good. Um... Did you, so you haven't taken you haven't done the the adamantis quest yet have you um have you looked at it have you done like cuz there's a um, there's a hunt or a quest that like has you at least like go take a look at it if you don't kill yeah i barely i honestly pitjas was like the only in game thing i've done so yeah okay. we'll have to they have a lot I, it's kind of cool i'm excited that i have all this content that i can get but we'll see when i do there's so much so if you are still looking to be in the world, there's plenty to do. Oh, yeah. There's plenty of other post-game dungeons to do other than... Pityos is just kind of the most unique one. Right. Mm-hmm. Of course. But there's there's more um, more dungeons to do that are pretty cool in their own ways. Yeah. And I'm excited about that. Um, and I'll get to them. But, you jeez. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have a favorite weapon or weapon type that you stuck um, with throughout the game? <clears throat> I like dual swords a lot, and I like pole arms. Just because I was very, I was very mobile. I jumped around a lot. I like using the air steps and the air dance. Yeah, um, I, I was huge into those. So that was probably I was like I was pretty mobile for them for most of my playthrough. Um, yeah, so yeah, dual sword slash or javelin, pole arm, pole arm is pole arm, right? Yeah, yeah, there's pole javelin. arm. Are you talking about the daggers? Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm sorry, not dual sword, dual daggers, dual daggers, okay. and, the, and, the, and the pole armor, the two that I use. Because, like I said, I like jumping around. And a lot of the my build was a definitely heavily favored towards <clears throat> being aerial as aerial as possible. I had like the the infinite drop. air step. Yeah, the infinite air step, the drop move. Yep. You know, you, you know, if you do a move, you press triangle and something, and he you know does a drop down. So yeah, I was huge into that. So yeah, I think I used the because I, I upgraded the Ultima Blade like as early as you could. Cool, cool. So, um, so I, I stuck with the S-Sword, but if I had known how cool the daggers were, I probably would have done those yeah. throughout the game, because I, I didn't discover them till the end and how fast you were with them. Yeah. But yeah, I stuck with the swords, even though if I, I would have gone with the, the blades if I knew, or the daggers. Anyway. Uh. Um, my my weapons were basically the broad swords, just the regular standard swords, and then magic. I used a lot magic. of magic. Yeah. yeah, that's one thing we didn't talk about is how how terrible it is that your teammates can get hit by the <laughs> AOE magic. That is just like an, a foresight, and there's no excuse for that. that the first the time I thing, accidentally yeah. did it, Pronto took a picture of it, so there's a picture of Gladio getting electrocuted in the background. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. That was the dumbest thing. Friendly fire for magic in a Final Fantasy game never needs to happen again. No, that is so dumb. <clears throat> but I get it because magic was like crazy OP. Uh-huh. I felt like in certain parts of the game, but oh, so bad. I mean, there's a there's a technique Ignis has to like kind of get everyone over to your side and like group up, regroup, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, regroup. But like, you shouldn't have to do that. To no, and you're using your skill points just to dodge. Like, to, can I just have a command to say everybody look out? I'm holding 
fear yeah. in my hand. Oh, sometimes I, sometimes I did notice if you just stayed there with the magic, like, yeah. um, ready to spawn, Gladiolus would be like, dude, get the hell out of here. Look out. He's going to it's gonna blow. Yeah, he's like, everyone. Be but that's not every time. Or though. you just yeah. cast Blizzara and you can't even avoid it because Blizzara yeah. was, like, everywhere. <laughs> like, I hit myself with Blizzara probably yep. half the time I cast it. So, yeah. I never even uh, used it. <laughs> Hardly. And uh, the last question I have is: Did did um did you have a favorite hunt that you did? Because I know uh you hunt down a lot of different monsters. So. Mm, yeah, I was I was trying to think of this, and I was trying to remember some of the hunts that I did. Well, mm, there was the one at the top of the um that like mountain uh dungeon. I think it was like you you he doesn't appear unless you're on the hunt. I think is that, is that when um the bird right. Is it a bird? It's a yeah. It's like a fly. Is it a bird or a dragon? I forget. I did. All I know is um, uh, when I went up to that mountain and did the the quest for that because you get um an armature weapon at the top of that mountain. Yeah. Um, there's a wide, huge open area for a exactly. boss fight, and there was nobody there, and right. I was wondering why. And I guess that's because it's it's a hunt that you do. Yeah. That's the yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Okay, because I never did that. Yeah, it's I don't know hunt. what's up there. Okay. Yeah, so the, cause I did that, and then I was like, where's the bad guy? And then I realized, oh, and I found that it was a hunt. I was like, oh, cool. So I did the hunt, and it was fun. It was awesome. Right. I love that hunt. Ah, okay. Pretty, right, epic, cool, pretty right, hard. Cool. Pretty hard. He was pretty, he hit hard. He hit really hard. And he was like, he's like, in like he has a lot of resistances to like almost everything. So, mm-hmm. but it was a fun fight. You got one? Because I got one a few. Yeah. Um, my favorite hunt was that. Sir Tomberry guy I was talking about. Ah, uh, Jedi Tomberry. I want to yeah. do this one, man. That sounds cool. I got to do this. I don't remember where where you get it from, but that was definitely one of the more memorable hunts. I mean, I did so many, but um, that one was just unique. Yeah. Which, outside of the hunts, though, I didn't run into a, a damn uh, Cactar once, and I'm super disappointed. That's like oh, your yeah. signature Final Fantasy guy, and I didn't see him once. Did you like, run into any Cactars, Justin? Yeah, I saw a Cactar. I don't yeah, remember. like early I didn't on. See one. Maybe like the first hour of the yeah, game, I, I, I ended up killing the cactus. I fought one because I was like, "Oh man, he's hit hard." Oh, it's a cactus. Of course it is. But and then yeah. it boosted me up like ten levels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah maybe they're game. rare. Yeah. So I don't know. Kind of disappointed. Mm. I'll just say I've never played again. <laughs> uh, my favorite hunt was. Do you remember we were talking about that? Uh, that bit, the giant bird. You had to go grab his egg or something like that. Yeah, from yeah, yeah. And not wake him up. It was. It was the hunt to go kill that thing. That, out in the yeah, open. Okay, he was. He was cool. massive. But I gotta yeah, find that, that hunt because I thought that was a cool. I thought he was just cool looking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is. He is huge. This this game does like the bigger monsters really well. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think if if that's that's all, I think that's it for the podcast. <laughs> Finally, we've come to the end. <laughs> yeah, boy. And then eventually, we, we yeah. ruins that. This podcast, my goodness. <laughs> that was good. That was great. I mean, it's kind of you. You have to. I don't think Final Fantasy is a game you can talk about in 35 minutes. Like, no, no, <laughs> no. A lot. Especially with all the flaws of this game, there's so much to kind of work through. Divisive opinions, you know? It's like you can't, nobody can play through this and like all have the same opinions about everything. That's what yeah. makes it an interesting game. But yes, absolutely. Definitely felt like I was playing like Last Guardian again, though, playing uh, that Pity Us Ruins. It was like, oh, this is so cool, but. Oh, this is annoying control. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god, I know. <laughs> yeah, I was getting some witness vibes from the yeah. from the thing, especially because uh, there's this particular sound effect when um when you fall or you fail a puzzle, it's like a ding noise that kind of echoes around, and like the witness has that same exact sound effect. Oh, funny. <laughs> but uh, I guess if if uh, that's it, we can wrap this up. Let's yeah. do it. 
All right, you've been listening to the Simon's Cake Games podcast, episode 43. If you want to get in touch with us, we are on the Twitters at Simon's Cake. You can find this podcast and all of our other podcasts at simonscake.wordpress.com. We are on iTunes, so you can give us a rating or leave a review if you are so inclined. Our email is simonscakegames at gmail.com. You can search us on Facebook. Just search Simon's Cake Games, I guess. Also, the Instagram at Simon's Cake Games, the YouTube, Simon's Cake, wherever streaming, for God knows whatever reason. One day. Uh, yeah, maybe one soon. day. Uh, <laughs> Twitch.tv slash Simon's Cake. You can find my personal Twitter at Revenant Things, and Camille is at Lady Oddity. Okay. And Justin, if you have anything to promote. Sure. Thanks again for having me, guys. It's always a fun, uh, always a blast talking about video games with you guys. Um, yeah, thanks for having me again. I'm Justin, a.k.a. True Zelda Fan. You can find me on Twitter with the same handle, at True Zelda Fan. I'm also in the Twitch thing. I do it pretty consistently, three or four days a week. So, twitch.tv slash True Zelda Fan. It's spelled the way it sounds. It's not spelled cool. No T-R-U-Z-D-A-F-1-N. <laughs> it's just T-R-U-E-Z-E-L-D-A-F-A-N. So, yeah, you can find me wherever you find a lot of media, whereas YouTube, Twitter, or Instagram, or Twitch. All True Zelda Fan. Uh, but, yeah, thanks again for having me, guys. I really appreciated the time. It was a lot of fun. Yes. yes, thank you for uh, taking two point almost three four hours. hours. <laughs> almost <Yeah>. three hours. <laughs> oh, I, I, I settled in. I, I, I was not going <laughs> to. Yep, I knew it was going to be a long one. That's good. Oh, man. yeah. All right, guys. Well, thanks again. Yep. All right. Cool. Bye. Out. argue just as a quick side you were saying character themes aren't really the greatest um i think the main villain theme is actually pretty good ardens yeah oh uh, yeah oh trying not to say his name unspoiled i will uh, cut that out listen <laughs> if, listen if you see arden and you and you don't think and you think he's a good guy <laughs> you don't think he's hello, hey you never know hello the internet. team he just pops up out of nowhere you know dude i knew when i saw king's glaive i'm like that's the main villain of 15 that guy's yeah. a dick yeah yeah you, you can. which was so cool that he was in king's glaive and i'm like oh yeah that's gonna be him yeah Need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.